Hideo Kojima has been a standard bearer for the very best that the gaming medium has to offer, and has inspired many into creating a mature art form. That guy, like, he's, he's such a genius, and uh, I'm just doing whatever he says, you know, and he's like, we're gonna make people cry. I'm like, for a video game? And he's like, yep. What, because Kojima is the, the master, he's Kasparov of, of, uh, of video games. And then he goes, he goes, and I go, playing me? And he goes, no, they'll be you. It's not, obviously, it's not story-driven in the sense that we go from A to Z, like we do in a film. It is out of time, out of space. It is in the moment. So I think the opportunity of, of doing things we've never done before could be very interesting. He is to gaming in many ways uh, what Cameron or Spielberg are to filmmaking. His absolute passion for perfection and his narrative ambition and scope. There is nothing in his stories that he does not love and feel strongly about. You can see strands of action, strands of manga, anime, tokusatsu, epics, and existential philosophy. He believes, as I do, that we must cherish this medium not only for the entertainment possibilities, but for its artistic ones. We both believe that these things, these strands of pop culture, are actually keys to the mythology of our century. He proves that an altruistic voice and vision can sing loud and clear above the din of sameness, and that an individual with conviction and faith can manage anything through hard work. It is my great pleasure to introduce a creator, an innovator, and an awesome dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Hideo Kojima! Hello, everyone. I'm back. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 12 of Death Stranding Podcast. It is Saturday, the 6th of January, and there are 72 days to GDC, 89 days to PAX East, and 157 days to E3 2018. I am your regular host, Albert, and today I am joined by my co-hosts. Please introduce yourself, starting with Alin. Um, hi, I'm Alin. I'm the new guy here. Uh, um, it's honestly very nice to be here. Yeah. That's really great. Great to meet you, man. Um, yeah, so Alin will be joining us uh, and the rest of the uh, co-hosts today for part two of the uh, Phantom Pains and Gains sub-series, which is uh, where we basically discuss what MGS5 got wrong and right and what we want to see carried over and left behind um, in terms of mechanics and, and themes and whatever in, in Death Stranding. So, um, And we'll uh, I'll throw it to Dean. Go ahead, Dean. Oh, hi, all. And yeah, very nice to be here. This is one of my favorite ongoing <laughs> series, I guess. So, yeah, let's crack into it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, last but not certainly not least, we have Daniele. Hello, everyone. Um, I didn't have a computer anymore because it died. What And the that's the first thing I want to say to our listeners. Yes, uh, so you hear my voice is now a bit uh, less quality uh, enhanced than usual, than usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a bit sad today because of that. It, it really actually sucks, man. We're gonna like, you know, the, through the magic of editing, you you can just duck into telling us what happened because I'm really intrigued about that. But I'll, I'll close out the rest of the intro and then we'll get on to like how our weeks are and I want okay. to hear what happened. Well, I'll crack on with the rest of the intro and then we'll um get into the uh, the meat of the episode. 
Lovely. So for all of our new listeners, um, this is a weekly podcast dedicated to Death Stranding, the currently in production upcoming title from Hideo Kojima and Kojima Productions. Um, as well as news and discussion on the game itself, we also cover Mr. Kojima's many and varied influences, everything from literature to film, poetry, TV, and more. Our mission is to showcase and celebrate just how culturally, intellectually, artistically, and philosophically enriching and eclectic Mr. Kojima's work truly is, leading up to and following the game's eventual release. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. Awesome. So I just wanted to get a bead um, on our first segment here of how everyone's week was in Kojima and Death Stranding news and, and sort of stuff happening in that sort of sphere. Um, I'd like to start with uh, Dean, if that's okay. And um, we'll just throw it to you. And then because um, I want to give uh, Alan as much time, uh, you know, to introduce himself because it's his first episode mm-hmm. and to sort of dive into his sort of um, first relationship with uh, Death Stranding podcast and Hideo Kojima. But we'll go ahead. Dean, how was your week? Oh man, it was pretty cool. I mean, I I, I have a theory uh, I'm willing to discuss after maybe the episode, or n- not after, just after the Phantom Pain games, and and I want to hear Alan's opinion on it too. So yeah, that that's something. I I really think I'm onto something, but we'll see. Oh. I, I really want to hear your thoughts about mm. it all. Yeah, about that training. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm I'm gonna put a little timestamp for that. Now I'm gonna go timestamp crazy. Eleven forty-five. Dean's tease. <laughs> all right. Now you now you're gonna people are gonna get sick of my timestamping. But yeah, no, that's amazing, Dean. Awesome. Um, anything else yeah. sort of jump out at you about uh, this week? I mean, it was a new year, so you know, everything news and everything is pretty slow. But uh, we did catch we did catch uh, that tweet of you know. Kojima teasing again with one female protagonist. Yeah, so, yeah. that's going to be in the that's news something. section for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it really, it really looks like Emma Stone for me. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it just reminds me of her. Yeah. It, it has that but vibe, definitely. Mm. Yeah, in the, the eyes and the makeup, the way it's, it just, it just reminds me of her. Yeah. But yeah, sure. that's it pretty much. Nice, yeah, awesome, terrific, man. Um, and I'll throw it to Daniela. How was your week in uh, Kojima and um, Death Stranding news? Yeah, well, um, as uh, Dean said, we had a teaser image for New Year's, and um, and also we got the Yongi's uh, analysis of the trailer finally. Yeah. So I watched it like two times, and it was fantastic. Um, so yeah, that was it uh, for the moment. That's right. Um, I wanted to ask her, Daniela, what time is it there for you? Uh, 9.47 a.m. 9.47 Same as Dean. Yeah, same as Dean. Awesome. Um, I want to ask, man, so I'll do a mini little interview for you here. Tell me what happened, man. What what happened with your computer, buddy? <laughs> I don't know. I, I knew it was uh, dying already for a couple of weeks, but oh. I hoped it could last for a couple of months more. Okay. So... Uh, but it betrayed me. I mean, he. <laughs> uh, yesterday I went to work and I got there and I hooked up my computer. I pressed a button and nothing happened. <laughs> oh, that's the worst, man. Yeah, it reminds me. So that's me. how that's how it ended. <laughs> yeah, well, always these moments here they actually kind of tend to herald a really freaking awesome, like next however many years because what it is, it's just like, I mean, obviously with money, whatever. I don't know the situation there, but tends to usually mean that you start at least thinking about um, uh, getting a new one, and like that's a really great. So it's like really sucky, like it's terrible. I remember Ray, my my partner, my girlfriend, she um, her um, really old kind of tiny little crappy 
PC that she'd been using for like writing her essays and stuff that just sort of broke down and um and I ended up uh like and like we went shopping and found this MacBook and stuff and she's just been like super jazzed ev uh, ever since so um so I'm really sorry to hear that though bro that sucks and um how but here's the thing though how long had you had it for um seven years even more that's nuts Okay, well, it's it's. Yeah. Of, I think it did well, pretty good, you know. I bought it when I lived in London. Amazing. And I still had it now, so yeah, it, it's been a long time. So 2011 it, to 2018. It did its job. Yeah, I'm gonna leave. Yeah. A, I'm gonna do a little in memoriam at the end of the YouTube of uh, Daniela's uh, computer. What what uh, what did you have a name for it or something? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> As in, what brand was it? <laughs> Uh, Sony. It was Daniel's bio in his name. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's not bad for that. Awesome. Well, I'll if I'm not lazy with the edit, I'll put some sad music here and I'll do it a little in memoriam. Okay, I will. Okay, while, thank you. While, while you're saying the story, I'll just have the the violins and everything. I'll just say I'll just say you rest in peace yeah. or rust in peace. <laughs> that's right that's right awesome that's all good man um any other sort of things that jumped out at you apart from what dean touched on with the the female protagonist anything that um kind of um caught your well, eye um i noticed that it it looks a lot like the character it, it uh that's been teased um in 2015 2016 you remember that yes before that stranding was announced mm. there was this female character on the happy holidays card from kojima productions yeah. And uh, she looks just the same, just with the armor. Mm. That's right. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, probably the same character being teased uh, for New Year's Eve um, every two years. <laughs> I don't know if that's a pattern. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy if that character, character was already made back then, two years ago, almost three years yeah. ago. Yeah. No, I think it's just a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's gonna be similarity. Similarities are just you know, the face is the same, the eye color is the same. So I don't know. That's right. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna, and that's gonna be the sort of the main news section. But we won't keep it too long, listeners, uh, because we do want to crack on with Phantom Pains and Gains. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I want to sort of open that up and sort of read from some of these sources as well. So um, and yeah, uh, I'll just quickly say mine because I want to definitely shift over to Aliens. Um, I'm just, you know, I always have the Reddit open on my phone when I'm recording. Um, the other actor from the third trailer has been found. Um, yeah. uh, Patrick Claude, he's a Frenchman in Japan. He appeared in a McDonald's commercial a few years ago. So that's from user B double N K N G, all uppercase. Um, and the top comment currently is, "How the hell did you find him?" And the reply is, "I saw the post about Kyle Card earlier today, who plays. We can't call them Pete and Bob anymore. I'm so sad. Like now they have actual names. You know, they yeah, well, Kyle we d we don't know the names of characters, um, so we can yeah. go ahead with Pete and Bob." <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, we do say Norman as often as we say Sam, but um, but yeah, found him in 15 <laughs> minutes. I just checked a few modeling acting agencies in Japan. It took me much more time to find some of his past work. So well done to like the collective mind power of like Death Stranding Reddit, the place where we arose from. So always I like, give props every episode um to that place. Um, and where we found Alin as well. And um, 
uh, Arthur as well before him for the Threading the Strands um, episode one. So now, Alin, if you would kindly uh, introduce yourself and please, and we're just going to keep the tab open, just please go as, as extensively as you'd like into your relationship with Death Stranding, um, your first experience with Hideo Kojima and, uh, and more. So please go right ahead, uh, Alin. Okay, uh, so I guess I should start with um, how I uh, first uh, encountered Kojima's works, right? That's right. Well, um, I am uh, 19, so I was born in uh, 1998, and uh, that was the year MGS1 was released. But uh, MGS1 wasn't my first game. It was actually MGS2 that I played okay. <laughs> uh, cool. in 2002 or 2003, and... Uh, you know, not being a native, uh, you know, speaking English, mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really understand what was going on in that game, but I really liked uh, the concept of stealth, you know, okay. and that eventually led to me buying MGS1, MGS3, MGS4, and Beast Walker, and all the rest. And uh, uh, the thing I think I should mention is that while I'm a big fan of Kojima's work and I'm really excited for Death Stranding. I don't think the guy is a genius, you know? Hmm. I'm not really a fanboy of MGS. Hmm. Neither I, of us are here I, as well. We just sort of kind of yeah. interpret his works on this sort of more thorough level. I don't think any of us would call ourselves crazy fanboys, but we definitely know what you mean. And I think that uh, emphasis, that sort of culture, that sort of developed subculture of just like, oh, he raises his finger and it's a genius act. I don't think that's conducive um, yeah. to, to, to any kind of a constructive discussion. But yeah, no, definitely agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah, you see the posts all the time on Reddit, like, uh, I just finished MGS2 and this is an absolute masterpiece. Or I just finished MGS3 and it's a masterpiece. I cried. Mm. And I don't think any of them are masterpieces. They're all very good games. Yes, even MGS4 that um, probably Dean knows I and thinks I hate it, but I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine all all opinions are valid absolutely especially i mean you know in in terms of sharing them and everything what i'm super grateful for and it seems to be immediately the case i realize with you even within a few minutes of recording that you seem even for someone as young as you are to be very like a good head on your shoulders quite uh well-rounded and, and sort of um uh, grounded in how you sort of express yourself and uh nothing crazily like um exaggerated or or like ego driven or anything like i think you have uh, you're very um well-spoken uh, in terms of your views and you and also seem quite open-minded about other people sharing theirs so those are and always end up the, being the most healthy discussion so um i'm definitely uh, keen to hear all sorts of different um interpretations of of uh, of the work absolutely thanks Sorry. thanks um okay so i have no idea what they should start with uh what i like about mgs uh what i don't like about it I don't know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll do a little interview for you as well. So if you had to say, um, like the 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 main overarching and recurring element of MGS, which sort of draws your ire the most, as in the thing that kind of sort of juts in your side the most when you sort of um uh, either play the games or when you think about them, what would you call it? Um, what would you what would you point to? Um, I think it's so these sort of little things Kojima puts in every game that other developers would have, you know, overlooked. Uh, so stuff like um, Raiden 
if Redon rolls on while walking, you know, upstairs, he falls or he sleeps on bed shit and, and just, uh, you know, little <laughs> things. Yeah. But they, they add up, you know, and you can find this in pretty much uh, every single one of his games. Uh, there's that part in MGS4 when he you can uh, climb a statue or something and yeah. uh, mimic it so that the enemies don't see you. Mm-hmm. I think you know it. Yeah. And okay. Just yeah. solve little things. Yeah. Um, okay. Another yeah. thing... Yeah. Um, I think it's the themes of every game, like... Every single one of them has a sort of message to say to the player, you know. It's something you don't really see in video games. Hmm. Okay. All right. And is that a positive for you or, or sort of something that either negative or, or that you don't really quite uh, sort of, um, that doesn't kind of create very much. Oh, someone's phone is ringing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not mine. <laughs> ah, that's crazy. Um, Daniela, honestly, if you... Keep taking phone calls from other podcasts you'd rather be on. Why don't you just go? Okay? Sick of it. My mic was muted, so I don't know what you're talking <laughs> I'm ki- about. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw it I threw it out to see. I'm I'm always I'm always I'm always digging at Daniele. He's basically my brother from Italy, so but uh Dean, was that <laughs> yeah. um, was that your uh um her, no, talent, no, talent manager? Wow, the mystery phone call. I think you know what? Um, Alan, Alan. <laughs> I think it was you, Albert. You know, oh, I I, I'm holding my phone. It's like I'm it's like phone. when someone farts and then then blames nah, everyone buddy. else. Nah, nah. <laughs> come on. That's not nice, Albert. We're, we're, we're all uh, we're all a bit too mature for that. But um, that I think Alin actually was um Kojima trying to dial you um from the other world. He's somehow. Yeah, I guess that, it's uh, yeah. I guess it's trying to hire me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he even said like when he was hiring people for Death Stranding, he's like, I actually would love people who who like from all walks, and and that includes people that may not necessarily have anything to do with, or maybe don't even like um, MGS. So he's he's broadened quite a bit since since the MGS days. And I think what is great that I I'm so glad um, to have your viewpoint on the show, Aline, is because. I'm able to see both sides um, and I can resonate with both sides of whereas like people who are we're great fans of MGS and they're, and they're, they're going in even more excited about um, Death Stranding or that some have only really um, connected with Kojima uh, on this level of like like anticipating the title and relating to it and connecting to it fully since Death Stranding um, because it is true that like both are the case like he will uh, like and that's what pain and gains really is about it's he'll undoubtedly carry some of what he's done previously into the title which we've seen evidenced in some of the stylistic choices uh aesthetically and and you know in terms of cinematography um in the game but we also see a massive massive shift which reflects the personal shift he went through since leaving mgs behind um and what i can already say definitely i think off the top um Alin is that uh, some of those quirks, obviously he'll, he'll always put his quirks and his like Easter, Easter eggs in there, but I think we can all agree that uh, the, the campiness uh, and the cheesiness is definitely being dialed down um, with Death Stranding, that, that we can objectively say that. Um, and that it... Yeah, you could, uh, you could sort of see that in uh, Phantom Pain a little bit, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but Phantom Pain is pretty much devoid of humor, mm. you know, yeah. Yeah. except for some of the, you know, more cringy scenes with Quiet. Yeah. But it's yeah. A, it's a more serious game than MGS4, MGS3. There's no Johnny scenes, for example. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I, 
actually, I actually just rewatched some of the MGS forecasts in Salem. Like a, you, you saw, I posted one uh, screenshot hmm. on Skype, and yeah, it really, it really breaks that. You know, it, it tries to be serious but comedic and has comedy all the time, and it's just too much. I agree totally, and I, I rather much like, uh, I, I like more when. You know, comedy stuff were only like in gadgets, like in Phantom Pain, than in cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Definitely. But yeah, um, I'm sorry if we sort of took a little tangent there, um, Alin. But um, were you? Did you want to sort of um, add any more to like? Because you said that MGS Two was your first um kind of uh, uh experience with, with the Kojima game, and we've discussed some of the things that you don't really like vibe with the most but what was something from uh mgs2 just as a bit of teaser of what's coming uh, later in, in the sort of main bulk of the episode with phantom pains and gains what's something from mgs4 that you would love to see carried forward into death stranding sorry mgs2 MGS sorry my bad um i'm not sure about that um i mean i, I kind of have to think about this that's okay. For a few minutes, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's interesting? Yeah. Maybe this will kind of like uh, ease you into sort of finding um, what, what you wanted to express. Uh, what's interesting is, uh, Alin, is we sort of share that element. I think I've I connected personally more with even though I played MGS uh, one first, and I definitely spent whole whole bunch of time with that. Um, I sort of started like um, my kind of my I grew up in Italy um, in 2000 uh, the year sort of 1999-2000 we had this uh, magazine called PSM or in, yeah, I know. In, in, yeah in Italy it was PSM <laughs> that's your little pronunciation there it's dead and, now it's yeah, dead now I think yeah, magazine. yeah it's definitely yeah. yeah yeah but what they did is they had these like super awesome illustrated covers and everything and I always would look forward to um to reading it and then one issue there was this these I still remember and this is really tells you how much it burnt into my brain um I remember like like the smell of that magazine and like the, the the color choice that the editor used for that article because I read that article I wouldn't I'm not even exaggerating like like 40 or 50 times like over and over and over it's like I wanted to absorb the game from the pages itself because I just wanted it inside my eyeballs like you know and and when we because the PS2 was just coming out this new tech you know hearing hints that you'd be able to like shoot individual ice cubes which strangely enough a little side note that we haven't actually seen that like he hasn't invested that close of a and like articulate of a tech in the in the future titles like you can't like shoot uh leaves off of trees um in like phantom pain for example that was just something specifically for mgs um two and and so uh alien i can definitely relate like it it, it swept me up with like more than just being this this game that had this different tone and this different feel like i think you know, it even references itself. Uh, it, it even references this meta aspect of like the um, uh, spoilers for like an over decade year old game, but um, the Solidus project and how it's a, it, it is a an actual retread, like a self acknowledged, self aware retread of MGS One, um, and incorporating that into the story. You know, with Raiden, and I just that's it. It it cemented. The, the man's like predilection for um uh, for fourth wall breaking and for meta you know definitely and and for self-awareness absolutely so uh and and what i would love to see carried over this is just me riffing you know and uh, hopefully some of this is kind of uh, made just some things perk up for you Alain, but um, i would love to see that innovation uh 
come, you know, with the uh, with with Death Stranding. That 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 sense of you know treating treating this medium as a as a playground for brand new ideas, gameplay wise and thematically and everything, um, and uh, and with world building and everything. So, yeah, that's kind of my sort of take there. Did that kind of um, uh, make anything occur to you, um, Alain? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, um, I was actually really surprised by the ending, even at that age. You know, mm. I didn't really get what was happening, but it didn't feel like a game. You know, mm. like That's it right. felt to me like, wow, what, what, what is happening? What is this? Why yeah. is this uh, movie, black white movie, playing? Yeah, I, I didn't actually get what the ending meant until much, much later after I replayed it. You know, yeah. after playing MGS One. Right. And yeah, yeah, it's a pretty special game actually. It's so so wait, you you played MGS two with like four years, yeah. You you were four year four year old. Yeah, uh, I actually knew a little bit of English. I started learning at two. Wow. Yeah, my mother wanted me to speak English. Well, you know, Amazing. so I I I kind of got cer certain you know sentences. I knew what they meant, and but it it was really confusing even for me at. Uh, much later on, when I was ten or twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can relate yeah. to. I I didn't have the best grasp of um, uh, of 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 English very much, and and I remember like, uh, yeah, there just being that interesting learning curve. Um, it it does make for some kind of interesting formative experiences when your first exposure to a game is in another language, and and there's that extra layer of mystery, I suppose. Um. I'm sure it would have been a bit surreal seeing some of the imagery without actually understanding the context. So, yeah, yeah. but um, uh, an actual positive you know, of me playing MGS2 before MGS1 was that I never really got the hate for Raiden. You know, I wasn't really attached to Solid Snake or yeah, you no. Know? That's right. Yeah. I didn't so, mind Raiden at all, and that that maybe put us, uh, you and I, Ellen, in like a, a different bracket than most. Um, uh, and actually, I want to open this up to Daniela and, and Dean. Do you guys remember before the internet, before there was like rage culture and entitlement culture, and like I'm a true fan, you're a true fan kind of shit? Like that was great. I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was born in 1989, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have pretty good memory of when there was no internet or when the internet was for a few people. Yeah, yeah. And even Alin, you know, like, because the thing is that kind of stuff really has only really amped up in the past couple of years. I'm sure even you remember when things were just a little bit more mellow with um, with that kind of thing. And just how any deviation from, like, what's expected is suddenly like, oh, there's an uproar culture of, like, ah, oh, this goes against our expectations. Imagine if, like, if MGS2 released today... It, the forum like maybe oh the the post announcing that oh it turns out Raiden is the protagonist would get like so many downvotes uh on reddit you know if this was um if it was premiering this like um in modern times but but um yeah i just yeah. wanted to take a little aside for that but um, I, uh, I don't think you could do a twist like that in you know our internet age yeah because you know, pretty much everyone would know about it before playing the game yeah that's right so but hopefully, um, and I think it's he's succeeding quite quite well so far, at least with um, with you, the surrounding. You know, this opens up a question I, I, yeah, I had here. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to maybe to tell or ask a story, everyone, and I, I would share my my please, first. Please do. Mine first about about the how did you and this is spoilers for MGS Five, just you know, how did you first you know become aware of that you're not playing as a real big boss. And uh, 
Okay, can I share my story first and then everyone can okay, go? Yeah, yeah. And I actually, yeah, actually, I had some suspicions, right? But uh, yeah, that there was some Reddit post about spoilers, but maybe, you know, not like, like it's, it's not sure spoilers. And it, it, it was this thing that in the helicopter, you could see in, in glass, you could see a face of your avatar. And that pretty much spoiled it for me and wow. the ending. I knew, I knew that I'm not playing with Big Boss anymore. So I just wanted to maybe ask every every single one of you, how did you first find out? Did you, you know, made it till the end? <laughs> uh, I, you know, part of me always knew it, you know, but um, I started thinking about it back when Ground Zero was released. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but the way the real big boss talks and the way Venom talks is not exactly the same. Like their voices are the same, but a little bit different. So when I heard uh, him speak in a Phantom Pain gameplay, I think or something, I don't know. Oh, so it was the quiet trailer. The one with, uh, when the time comes, I'll pull the trigger. I, I, I said to me, you know, he sounds a little bit different from how he sounds in ground zeros. So I, yeah, and there was the, the fact that uh, the medic's face was never shown in <laughs> Ground Zeroes. Like, the camera was uh, avoiding his face on purpose, you know? <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So, definitely. Um, Daniela, when, was, when, when did you first realize that uh, you weren't playing a snake um, again in um, MGS 5? Unfortunately, uh, before the game's released, because uh, there were many theories on the internet, and uh, they all and, and Kojima himself did um, hint too much. I think um, I already told you guys uh, in other episodes that when I what's that's when I what I'm afraid about he's gonna do again with that stranding. I hope he won't, but um, yeah, he spoiled too much for me that time. And, um, I mean, I was a bit surprised, but I was like, okay, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, for myself, if that's, um, it, it, did you have anything else to add there, Daniela, for yours? No, no, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, for me, uh, similar to you, Daniela, it was, um, I remember very vividly like watching uh it's just maybe it's the personality that i've now channeled into doing interactive artistry where i now have an outlet for this but i do have a let's call it a healthy compulsion to want to be on on top of where this industry is going and as we have talked about previously on like dean and i discussed this with the um uh in last of us and like i really react to things that are on the absolute forefront of, of um doing new things with the medium. And that's why, you know, it's a, a symptom of that is why Kojima's uh, and Death Stranding were, were the were the first to sort of like kind of activity that I sort of took as, as inter- uh, you know, through interactive artistry and setting that up and everything. So it sort of led the way that way. So even in the in the, the banner, you can see with the Ludens um, in the middle there on our Twitters and Tumblrs and, every, you know, um, all, all these outlets. Um, so I had this, uh, I had this kind of, um, this come sort of curiosity and I couldn't, and I couldn't help it. Like I, I knew that I, I knew that I had to check. I knew that I had to know. Um, and I had this, you know, 
this is going to be the, the problem the the you know the first world internet culture problem of spoilers which is you know i could devote an entire podcast to how i feel about those and and where we're at with those and how we've had to adjust as a culture to that um so it was um i was reading an article i think it was vg 2047 and uh so they straight up just said it straight in the, in the intro. Oh, Reddit rumor or um, internet rumor is spreading about whether or not you actually play a snake again. Ah, we've noticed all these things. We've noticed, uh, yeah, like little hints here and there. The fact that he's a, a more mute protagonist this time, you know, and all these sort of tonal, tonal changes. And just this thing that the double-edged sword of the internet is that you can have this mass consciousness of people that, for example, were able to find like it's incredible that they were able to find that actor's name from the latest trailer you know um, and that's a positive but the sort of collective internet mind can also be unfortunately uh used to um yeah spoil things pretty pretty thoroughly and what i had resigned myself to and again dean this this kind of goes back to what we did with last of us like you and i both watched a playthrough is i did this even with breaking bad when i was aware that there was all these spoilers going around i straight up just you know made myself like a cup of hot chocolate and I just read the entire Breaking Bad wiki because I just didn't, I just like, I want to own my first experience. I don't have the time to watch all of these episodes, but I want to own my own experience of discovering this, you know, and um, for better or worse, whether it's, um, uh, you know, um, and I've obviously evolved my kind of view. It's not as emotional as I get anymore with spoilers. Um, my kind of sort of main uh, source of being able to kind of handle them now really is this really awesome article I came across. Um, it was an interview with George R. R. Martin and he said, I don't understand spoilers, like the emotionality behind them. Um, I, and I'm a guy who really cares about people having great first experiences, but by no means is the going in and having an untouched experience the only reason to play a game like that really dishonors all the thousands and thousands of hours and multiple years that all of these creators have done. It's like, oh, look at you, you precious creature you need to have your completely untouched experience well the validity of the story of its existence isn't predicated on whether or not you know certain things it's like it's great to know the twists it's great to not know the twists rather like going in but like the worth like and yeah so it's 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 about like honoring what the that like what that actual thing is instead of just focusing too much on your own personal kind of a little bit ego-driven thing of like, oh, I must must go in unspoiled. So I've been able to console myself about that sort of thing since. But at the time, I hadn't read that article. I hadn't gotten to that point. So I was, as you said, um, Daniela, I was so sad. I was like, my curiosity has been burnt. And I got this with even Death Stranding podcast when I won't mention it. Obviously, I won't say the spoiler, but I was really, really, uh, you know, um, like uh, happy about, uh, you know, and, and engaged in reading about speculation and someone just dropped something from a supposed leak or 4chan thing and and i was like my for a while it, like it was like over six months my whole perspective on death stranding was like holy crap have i just read the entire thing and everything is just going to be boring to discover now because like it's all based on it and i'm really happy to say that i'm not going to say anything about that supposed leak or whatever but everything's been That's going supposedly... yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not real yeah, it's not real at all. I think <laughs> it said about it said about uh, year two thousand and seven that it will reveal like five, five new actors. So you're fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we're all we're all fine. And those are them. like Idris Elba, Idris Elba. Yeah. And, you know, with Sherlock and all, all those. Yeah. So you're fine. Kevin Durant and all that. Mm -hmm. but so, yeah, yeah, just yeah. nothing. So um and so 
Yeah, but at the time, like I, I, I found it on just, just casually. It's, it's the worst thing. The worst thing is when it's just someone in a comment section where you've got your guard completely yeah. down, and they just spill it, and they say, "Oh, crazy how this is going to be the case, isn't it?" And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, again, I don't want to participate in outrage culture, but I will say, like privately, I, I, I sort of um, nurture quite a bit of disdain for people who do that because it shows a fundamental lack of mindfulness not even about i'm not even cared that much about um the game and my experience bringing sport i'm just i get a bit mournful and sad that people haven't trained basic trained themselves in basic mindfulness so it's more about the kind of tragedy on the human side really for me uh and then obviously secondarily is is the impact that it's had on my experience of this thing that i'll never be able to have it that, that fresh you know and for a while i will say i stayed away from him just five i um i was angry i was like i pushed it away i didn't connect with it as deeply as other mgs's um but then naturally just the sort of magnetism to the themes and the execution and just uh the style of uh like you know um craftsmanship that like kojima puts on his stuff like uh like puts into his uh his uh his works like that drew me back to it and i had a beautiful time with the game i really did um and but yeah i, I watched that playthrough at first to, to own my experience so sorry for lowing, going a bit long on that one guys but um yeah that's that was kind it's of my fine, experience it's fine. Mm. and um Alin, no. you've you've discussed yours uh, uh, have you um, I think you have, what, yes. my experience of, of, with of, mgs5 uh, you're mgs5 yeah, <laughs> of noticing of, of realizing when uh, you weren't playing a snake yeah i, I did i did. kind of realized before it and uh Right around the time, I think it was uh, late August, you know, people started posting their first reviews and, you know, yeah. IGN 10 out of 10. And uh, there was a leak of, um, I think it was a guide, an Italian guide for the game. And um, it was a page with Ishmael. And I, the instant I saw that thing, I kind of started having doubts about who am I playing really, you know? And uh, yeah. I... So over the course of the story was I was playing the game, I tried to, you know, beforehand to stay away from the internet. But as I was playing the game, I was thinking, yeah, this isn't Snake. Yeah. I don't think he is. <laughs> no. And there, were, uh, there was that uh, moment, I think it was in Chapter 2, when you have to, or no, it, no, it was in Chapter 1, when you have to get Huey. And when you step into his lab, the AI pod yeah. says, John, is that he? No, no, it's not you. And I was like, yeah, that, that's it. He's not Snake. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to connect. There were so many hints that before I spoiled myself, I actually thought the plot twist would be that you really are Big Boss. Because there are so many fucking hints that, you know, yeah, like the same voice of Ishmael uh, and all that. I thought the twist is actually that you are Big Boss because there were yeah. so many fucking clues. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't Grey Fox, you know? <laughs> But remember, a cornered fox is more aggressive than a jackal. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm actually watching the uh, MGS uh, Metal Gear Stupid, which is the... <laughs> I just put it on in the background when I'm just doing errands. It's the PlayStation Access team are going through MGS1. And uh, just hearing that cutscene again, it's like, guys, yeah, like, you're, like we've been saying, like, yeah, Kojimi used to be, like, super hammy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> really happy um so yeah i'm just five um, that's going to be my contribution actually mostly to the pains and gains discussion is how how appreciative i am of of him leaving some of some of what he did behind and um 
yeah, maybe revisiting and bringing yeah. back some of the stuff that I haven't seen or yeah, didn't see in MGS5. So um, that's kind of a bit of a nice impromptu roundtable, which we sort of tangent, uh, sort of um, went on a bit of a tangent from Alin, uh, Alin's sort of experience with first few experiences with Kojima and uh, and Death Stranding. But was there were there any um, notes that you had further, um, Alin, about sort of your first connection with and like your sort of path to sort of appearing on this show? Any other kind of riffs that you had? Um, uh, the thing is, is that, um, I might not have joined this show if it wasn't for, um, Dean asking me to join because I had a, I have a history with him on uh, Reddit of arguing over and over and over, you know, <laughs> and it seemed like a great idea to finally be able to talk about this, you know, uh, yeah. with voices and stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's cool. And uh, by the way, I just want to say straight off the bat and I'm sure listeners would agree. Did you, and I'm just going to ask that rhetorical, they can't obviously answer because they're just listening, but did you guys feel that? I felt that when Alin came on the show and like, I know that Dean and Alin are like speaking now, I just felt this like, oh shit, something's in the room right now. Just this energy of like, no, hey. no, no, no. <laughs> I, I really don't. No. I'm just, it's just unusual for me because it's too early to, to, to do this for me because I'm, I'm used to 6 p.m. Yeah. But oh. no, not at all. Not, not until we, you know, get into it. Of really. course, of course. <laughs> I really, I really felt something. I really heard something in the air, but then I understood it was Arlene's background noise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, um, to listeners, uh, yeah, what we like to do, obviously, with that um first segment of catching up and everything, we have a section after that called the Reddit Rundown, um, where we sort of just go through. And um, even if it is a bit of a slow, slow news week, as we've sort of said, um, I want to shout out at least one of the uh, kind of and this is sort of dipping into our next segment, which is reading something out from Reddit, but user uh, coffee underscore user coffee underscore snake um, submitted. I have never been ex- this excited for a game before for the first time in my 28 years of living. I have never been this thrilled for a game. Surely. Uh, sure. I was really excited about some games growing up, but I never felt the same attachment as I do for death stranding. Having followed Kojima for so long, I feel so committed to this project and I really just hope that I don't hope overhype myself. Um, it's hard not to go uh it's hard not to though because i have never been let down by a kojima game what a great time to be a gamer what a like beautiful simple awesome sentiment and i was like i have to read that out like that's super concise and awesome so yeah i feel the same way definitely you know um and i'll just peruse a little bit more so someone's uh user r hn94 has said about the dead body from the new tga trailer um the way the corpse disappears into the floor it almost seems like video games with corpses that have to sink through the floor to disappear otherwise the game can run out of memory i know kojima is into the whole meta aspect of gaming so this could be a nice nod or outlook to that too it doesn't have to do with the story necessarily but just something that dinged in my head there was someone who could stretch it and conceive something from it and how it could apply to the narrative or world of death stranding so that's really cool too um, then we have an awesome steelbook cover art, which is great, really proactive kind of design work there. Um, and then all you got to do is just like you just skim through. There's all this amazing um, artwork that's being done. I'll say not just because he's got my name, but uh, I really like the artwork unto itself is um, the drawing by Alberto Esparza. So really great drawing of Ludens there. Um, Death Stranding Reddit looks so the Death Stranding uh, Lego looks amazing. <laughs> really, really authentic. Yeah. Um, we have a Death Stranding cosplay by Helen Stifler, which uh, is sort of referencing Mads, but it could be, again, pointing possibly to a, as you mentioned, Dean um, or Daniel, I can't remember who, uh, about, you know, potentially um, 
Emma Emma Stone. You know, that could be something there, which would be interesting. Um, and then there was, uh, again, the finding of the third actor. And then I won't cut off this segment before reading from this um, particular uh, post. I just want to sort of find it. It's great, actually, that I'm even taking this long to be able to um, to find it. It's this uh, it basically explains, um, it's sort of this theory about, um, let's see if I can find it. I'm going to try and, oh, actually, I'm going too far back. Eh, I thought I'd found it, but it turns out I'll have to like maybe maybe put this in later. There's just so much, which is really great. Uh, it was a theory that I really liked, and now I can't find it, which is really sad. But um, did anything jump out from you guys about the Reddit that you wanted to talk about? Anything in particular? Not really. No. Okay. No, not really. Yeah, it was Sorry, a pretty easy you mentioned. Uh, say again, uh, Daniela. Just the things you mentioned, uh, you already mentioned, so it's fine. Hmm. Awesome. Terrific. Well, once I, if I find it later, I, maybe I'll like I'll just patch it in later if I do. But um, or like bring it up for next show there. But um, so that's that. Read out a little bit from Reddit, and um, so yeah. And in terms of supporter shoutouts, I actually neglected to do the pre-recording uh, post, which I usually do. I had a whole bunch of things going on, uh, which I'll talk about at the end of the show about um, starting a new show with an interactive artistry. So I apologize for that. Um, on the outlets though, unless you guys have noticed anything, I haven't noticed any kind of community comments. Um, have you? By any chance? No. Nope. That's all good? Oh, uh, no. That's fine. Easy. I, I, all good. Um, so without further ado, I'll just throw it to part two of Phantom Pains and Gains. You just earned yourself a week in the brig. Your CQC is sloppy. Come see me later for a lesson you won't forget. Be gentle. Welcome, listeners, to Phantom Pains and Gains, part two. Our first part was located in which episode, Dean? Do you remember? I think it was seven. The seven, episode seven. seven yeah. Before it had its dedicated segment, as you just heard with the bumper there, listeners. Um, and I... This is, I'm going to hand it to Dean a lot for this because he's sort of the co-creator of this segment. There is so much to mine for this. That's why we've turned it into this multi-part series and why we're going to stagger it with threading the strands um, leading into, um, uh, you know, E3. Definitely there'll be enough absolutely to discuss for both obviously breaking down the trailer now that we have Yong's um, uh, analysis there to kind of bolster some of the stuff we'd already started noticing and going at that slower pace, we'll definitely be able to notice uh, more things as well. Um, but with uh, Phantom Pains and Games listeners, um, based on that premiere episode where this sort of idea kind of came on the fly and we sort of talked about it, it was um, the idea of looking at MGS5, this really expansive, enormous, unprecedented kind of game in terms of design and themes and tone and everything for Kojima, you know, in, in his over and looking at it and breaking down everything we would love to see carried over uh, in terms of mechanics um, that we found was great and that uh, sort of aided everything and sort of was additive to the whole experience and then also what wasn't sort of conversely what really detracted from it really dragged really was annoying or um, just tonally inconsistent so stuff like that so um, we kind of keep it pretty freeform we Dean and I I think we were thinking about going section by section but do you are you happy with kind of going freeform and just bringing different things up 
from all over yeah, the place. Yeah, I, I just, I just, yeah. no, no, I just want to Alan to, you know, first say things he did, he didn't like about the game, and then, like I said, because I, I think there's much more theater to discuss about the, our differences. Terrific. So when yeah. he when he yeah. talks about what he did like, I will probably, you know, react and that's when. Yeah. <laughs> The discussion is... <laughs> That's right. And as you heard, listeners, from the start of the episode, and I don't know why I do this, I suppose it just sort of fits because it is an episode within an episode, um, we would like to welcome our first guest for um, these segments of, uh, you know, parts of um, uh, Phantom Pains and Gains. We have Alin from Romania. Welcome, Alin. Hi. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm, like I said before, I'm really glad to be here and <laughs> I'm talking about this. Awesome. Easy, easy. This is it. This yeah. is why, just like with Arthur, with uh, the first episode of Threading yeah. the Strands, it's why uh, we've invited you onto the show. I'm very pleased to have you. In fact, earlier in the show, we sort of connected about a bunch of things, including shared um, uh, kind of kinship with MGS2 as well. And I'll, uh, again, for this is, um, I really do basically call it like Dean's segment. I want him to sort of guide this as much as possible. So you jump in whenever you want Dean to kind of guide the discussion and to ask us questions, yeah. if that's okay. Sure. Go right ahead. Okay. Okay, so yeah, Alin, tell tell us about your overall experience and uh, just first, you know, the things you maybe dislike. The things I dislike. Um, all right. Um, so um, about the Phantom Pain, especially. I actually I actually made the list for this. You know, it's uh, almost two pages long about <laughs> things I didn't like. <laughs> oh Jesus um, Christ! Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'll start with what. Uh, uh, let's see. Okay, first thing first, I didn't like the side ups uh, at all. I think they're okay. pointless, and uh, I think uh, this actually ties with another one of my complaints is that um, you could have easily taken out the let's say less important main missions and uh, counted them with side ups, you know. Less important because main missions. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of my. Wait, just, just a second. I'm... Okay, so um, uh, you obviously know that um, in Phantom Pain we you have like one big mission every like six seven episodes. So it's stuff like um, the prologue and uh, the first mission, the one where you rescue cars, and then nothing really happens until you get. Um, to the you know, uh, yeah, but the beast sleep, I think, yeah, 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 and then nothing happens until you get Huey. So, um, one of the things I think he should have done was um, take out these smaller missions, count them as something different, I don't know, optional missions, and in between in each of the big missions, there should have been like a 20 30 minute cutscene where it's explained how they got from you know, one of the missions to the other. And what happened uh, in the optional missions in case someone didn't play them, you know? And, yeah. Uh, well, okay, uh, that's... Yeah, I, I think, so go ahead. Now I think we will have more agreement than I thought, because that, I, that sounds like <laughs> a great idea. And, and, and it, also, it also is this concept I shared with you, that is quantity over quality. Because that, that, yeah. that's the way... This way, it would be less side missions, uh, much less side missions, and that's that's I think wasn't the plan. And 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 like like I said in previous episode, it perhaps was Konami that pushed for these 200 missions and more, or you know 
it could be Kojima, but yeah, that, that's definitely one thing. If those side ops were like main ops, but the the more the less uh, important one, that would be great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah sure. I, w- I was actually disappointed that there are no real, um, you know, side uh, ops, you know, unique side ops like in Peace Walker. You had these dates on the beach or um, the monster hunter like side ops. <laughs> Those were real nice, you know, and even, you know, just looking at the side ups in Peace Walker, you had these uh, cool missions where you had to just um, extract people with photons in two minutes, you know, there was nothing like that in the Phantom Pain side ups. We just go there, rescue this guy 10 times, go there, destroy this uh, tank unit 10 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of boring. The setups were simply for for farming and for grinding, and that's mm-hmm. that's terrible in my opinion. And it, it also it connects with this. Uh, I, I would say because it's Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker 2, and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker was designed especially for PSP. And, and that's one of the main things I hate about Phantom Pain is that it's it's like a PSP game but made for for you know console. So. That's I mean that's that's just crazy for me because PSP. Yeah, I, I can see I can see where. Yeah. Where, yeah. Uh, so, actually, something that might surprise you is that um, Peace Walker is kind of the only one I don't really like. Exactly. Of all the MGS games, yeah, I actually um, think I said this before, but um, let's just talk about the story. For example, uh, MGS4 has really great moments and really stupid moments. But, you know, it still has those really great moments that I actually like. And Peace Walker for me was like meh throughout. It didn't really have moments for me that stood out, but, you know, it's kind of forgettable, in my opinion. It's just something you need to play before Phantom Pain. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, 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 definitely, I agree. And... And again, I, I, I just watched MGS4 just because I wanted to maybe remember. Because I, like I said with Albert, I, I know there's a nostalgia there that really affected affects my opinion. And, and okay, I, I accept that, but but still, it, it had these great moments and it had these shit moments. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, one of, the, one of the moments I liked the most about MGS4 that was actually ruined later in the mission is uh, that moment where you get to Shadow Moses, you know, and you can hear the best is yet to come. Mm-hmm. That, that was amazing. That was amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I still remember playing that part. And, like, oh. And, and I just wanted to mention about side ups uh, because I, I said, I pretty much only said, say, said that they sucked last time. That I didn't really say why. And yeah, like you said, it lacked in variety. It reused locations over and over again. I mean, just going back to the same locations you are already been, and and they they don't even try to make them varied. They they, they even name name them, highly skilled soldier number twelve, number six. You know, yeah. it's it just this lack of creativity and even effort, in my opinion. So yeah. Yeah, I think I think they were there just to you know fill the the content thing. Yeah. Just to make you feel like, oh, wow, there's so much to do, but there isn't really that much. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll chime in very briefly here. I'm just about that exact thing there, about just the um, the sense that 
it's you went to such efforts like the designers like i again i i sort of graduated recently with animation and video and stuff and i i almost feel like a fraud in some ways because like i went through i did all the required everything i obviously went through and and did all that but because i i i tell you right now guys like the main reason my like why i feel like uni and and doing that was was useful at all was because it, it gave me the ability to empathize so much with how much effort it goes into creating like like a box even like I, I for my project of just designing like a creature it just took me and i just didn't take to it i, I recognize that some people are wired for these things and 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 maybe for for these people designing this game it maybe came easy to them but there's no denying just like how how much effort they put into creating these vast worlds and these vast settings and so to then add these uh, you know activities in them that don't fully like honor that and make you as you've mm. both been saying Alin and Dean like um like like connect with that and appreciate that to 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 make that feel like annoying like i i my, my heart breaks a little bit it's like i don't want to find these people's work annoying they put so much work into it but it was just how it was presented to me in these contexts of these repetitive missions that uh unfortunately makes me yeah like um you know, not connect with it so much so but yeah i just wanted to add that in guys yeah, yeah the, the saving grace is that um the phantom pain is uh, just very uh, the, the mechanics are just just uh, feel so great that i didn't really mind them that much at the time you know when i first played the game i, I really like just playing the game <laughs> i think yeah. you know what i mean hmm. yeah i think that was the point of this one versus it was such a sea change tonally uh, and in terms of its goals as a game uh then uh, than any of the previous MGSs. That's probably why. Um, I think at the core of Phantom Pains and Gains is like we're we're talking about two completely different genres and and feels and approaches to a game. It's like uh, getting angry at Mario Kart for not resembling GTA or vice versa. It's like in many ways it's it shares some things, but in in, in so many ways it almost could be considered like an approach to a new IP with just how open world and and all of it is. There is obviously the the MGS DNA there of infiltrating, but they even put it on the box like uh, tactical espionage operations instead of tactical tactical espionage action. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was Peace Walker as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that uh, by the time Peace Walker came out, that Kojima wanted to make another kind of game, you know, but was forced to make MGS. So he, I guess, he kind of tried to adapt MGS to be like a different game, but still be MGS, you know. And that's yeah, but, uh, that's why I like to think of uh, Peace Walker and uh, Phantom Pain as being spin-offs, and they kind of are. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. But but it also it also makes sense from the perspective of you know what 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 big boss became become, and it, 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 you can't really you can't really portray big boss in a way of you know this stealth only guy infiltrating missions because he was he was already a leader then he was already an icon. And that's why, you know, that shift shift from only stealth interaction to these operations is pretty natural in my opinion. For mm. from the plot and overall plot. But yeah, I, I also I also wanted to say about the open world, because there's no real reason for it outside of sidos. And and that's why that's why it only pretty much pushed back, you know, the variety in locations because it have it had to be constructed in a way that makes sense. And uh, if only main ops were, you know, if there was no this open world part, 
and and how many of us did did really you know roam the map? I, I mean, I I I, I um, not once. I I didn't do it once. I think because yeah. I, I simply didn't play. Okay, you played the side ups, so maybe you know you when two two side ups were close to each other, mm. maybe you went. No, not really. I didn't go to you know I didn't choose free roam and then just go to side ups. I just used the menu, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that that's that's a positive of the game in many ways. Is some things were very much streamlined, you know, and 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 that previously used to be quite laborious, you know. Um, but I'll go into that later with with when um, Dean throws it to me. Sorry, go ahead, Dean. Yeah, I mean just. Uh... If if the game were not open world, because if side ups were not there, then you know there will all there's a lot of more possibility for different varied varied locations, and yeah. that's I think yeah. we we all would have loved about it because if if we had more ground zeroes map like ten ground zeroes map that are really versatile, it would be a lot better than you know five 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 big. Uh, big outposts in Afghanistan, for example. I, yeah. I think that's something we can all agree. Yeah, I, I don't know, I really don't know how to feel about the open world in MGS5 because um, on one hand, you know, there are no markers, no stuff like uh, go here and uh, collect this or go here and do this. And I was really glad for that. But it's kind of unnecessary. I mean, they basically just made a lot of outposts and then connected them with the uh, Empty desert spaces. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a really uh, like dead honest yeah. kind of kind of reading of that for sure. Um, uh, Daniela, did you have anything for that one there? Um, and what your thoughts were about those large distances? Okay. So uh, let me say first that for me, MGS Five gameplay wise was the definitive Metal Gear experience. Okay. Damn. Uh, because yeah, um, because you had the freedom to really approach the missions the way you want it. It was really fun. Um, yeah. So, in my yeah. opinion, the open world was a good idea because it let you do a lot of things the way you wanted. Um, and that ties, is... the, that ties in with the theme that uh, you are the, the main character in the end, and that makes sense. Um, yeah, so um, that gameplay-wise, I was really happy about the game. Yeah. Now, I'm not a big fan of the way the story was told. Okay, but or, we, we will go. We will go into that later. Sorry. For oh, okay. I, I, oh, just no, to, I just wanted to mention that uh, yeah, it, it does. It does have this freedom, uh, but but it's not necessarily because of this open world. I mean, Ground Zeroes was. A lot more, you know, linear experience in some ways, but it was also open. It it also gave these possibilities for infiltration from wherever you 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 wanted, right? And that that's why I think that more maps like that, but you know, still still not not uh, not connected in this big open world. So a lo lots mm -hmm. of little open worlds will be a lot better because it gives you the best of two worlds. It gives you this, you know. Choice, but it still it still keeps it varied. It still keeps it focused, and yeah, that's 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 the thing I have this problem with with open world. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it was so, mostly all side ups. And and by the way, did did you, did you play it all the side ups? Did you play side ups at all, Daniel? Yeah, I did. Um, and yeah, I agree with you. They were pretty boring at some point. Uh, but uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, but um, I don't know. Um, I think I think Kojima saw the uh, success open world game had uh, in the past years, and uh, he wanted to do his own open world game, and that's what he focused on. Hmm. And uh, everything else came after it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, sorry, uh, Dean, is it okay if I jump in real quick? Sure, sure, sure. Lovely. So what I wanted to say is, yeah, um, and I think all of us have, I almost didn't even have to sort of take anyone aside and say, oh, we want to create this thing. But what I see what is happening really awesomely, like quite naturally with, with this segment already is this is this sense of it being just as much about the things that we didn't like as it is about the things we did. And when you came in, uh, Daniela, about gameplay, I think we can all unanimously agree that you know let's just even phrase it this way imagine if you had what the ability to do what you could do um in terms of like one thing off the top of my head is like just diving forward turning around and having complete mobility uh you know in terms of your reticule uh to be able to you know um turn your torso to be able to shoot just in one quick movement like the amount of um refining of of how snake moves and and what how he does what he does in mgs5 is 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 mind like mind staggering it, it's it's crazy and and it's like for the people for the really well practiced mgs5 players it, it really looks like i'm watching like an interactive like rambo movie or something like they're able to do things so naturally there's there's no there's no restrictions there's no um shortcomings with gameplay whatsoever for me with m just five um it's just about yeah it's, my my issues have to do with how that gameplay was applied in the settings that that came up um and some of the like mechanics like the the whole um uh you know the the like the gp gmp or whatever like that that base building thing um yeah like what what'll maybe be a cool thing to do is uh at in in places in these segments dean is to say how would you have done mgs5 and what kind of version of it would you like to see well part of me wishes there's there'd be a child out there of mgs5 with mgs2 and just melding the, the positives of both of those two getting rid of the negatives like getting rid of mgs2's mm -hmm. kind of campiness <laughs> and adding in mgs5's mobility and, and gameplay like masterfulness and um i suppose that's kind of what the potential and, and possible uh, hope and wish of uh, possible fulfillment of that that Death Stranding could be, you know. So yeah, I just felt felt yeah, like yeah. I would jump in. Yeah, about yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the thing about the... gameplay is that um, just let me just add a, something real quick. Mm -hmm. Is that sure. you know how in normal games you, for example, you play with a controller, right? And uh, it doesn't seem. Um, it definitely feels like, okay, your actions go in the controller, and then from the controller it goes to the character. But in um, MGS5, it sort of felt like I had the direct connection with Snake, if you get what I mean. He just, everything works so well about the controls, the gameplay. It's like a direct connection, you know, to my brain. Yeah. This is a beautiful, beautiful frame. Yeah, yeah. great frame. Yeah, yeah I agree, <laughs> I agree. But also, when you, when you, Albert, when you say gameplay, that's a broad term. It's a very yeah, broad yeah. term. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, think I actually I mean, I mean, want to I, say about that. That's okay. Yeah. I think I, I specifically <laughs> yeah. mean how, how you control. Mechanics. Like, Mechanics yeah. and control. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that, that's something we can all agree. I think we can all agree that controls are, are perfect. Yeah, controlling but, snake. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Uh, I should have been more specific. No, no, no. no yeah, but yeah, that, 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 that was great. Great phrasing by, by Alan. But again, uh, gameplay is a broad term and you have to, you have to take in enemies there, NPCs, 
bosses, every everything that that is overall gameplay, right? So yeah. we yeah. can go yeah. further into that later. So yeah, what's your next point, Alan? Uh, I have a few smaller ones, you know, things that annoyed me, like uh, timers on uh, development weapons, you know. It's just a really shitty mechanic that shouldn't have been there. It's not a mo mobile game. Or, you know, at least make them be... Uh, you know how uh, there are um, element. Uh, wait, just a second. You know how there are items that are, you know, connected... Uh, things like um, FOB items that you... Okay, you see in the development list, and you uh, sort of press OK on them, and they're they're like um, you don't have to play the game for these items to be developed. You know, you can just press OK, develop this, uh, turn off the game, and then the second day when you boot the game up again, they're already developed. But most of the normal items, you know, you actually have to play the game for them to develop. The yeah. in time has passed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was really really bad. Yeah, but that, that 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 wasn't. I I think that really wasn't Kojima's fault. I think that's Konami because yeah. it, it's this pushing of microtransactions, and I think you could you would like buy the items immediately, or or you could maybe uh, fast up the timers or something like that. It was yeah. or or it was a, an idea of it, and then it just didn't go through. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think agree. actually, can't you you know speed up development with mother base coins or something? I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah. 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 And and also this is maybe a connected point, but not entirely. Uh, what did you guys think about about how after every main mission, uh, there's this rating and it, it just it just again felt very gamey and very yeah. very PSP like. I mean, I I didn't care in MGS4 for example. You know, after every act, you get some kind of uh, code name, I don't give a shit about that, and uh, it's just something that uh, it, it maybe when I failed in stealth, for example, it just ah, I I didn't like it, I, I didn't like the points and all, all that. Yeah, it felt yeah. very gamey for me. That that kind of conflicted. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Alan. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it didn't really bother me. I mean, I never really thought about it until now. You know, it's just uh, ratings. Yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah. not it's not just the rating. It's that it it rewards you. You know, if you have a perfect stealth, it rewards you a lot a lot more GMP, and that's why I I, I lots of times I, I because I I get uh, you know oh yeah yeah see me and, and then I have to repeat whole mission and hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was I was actually going to quickly say, do you think, um, guys, I want to open it up to, to everyone here. Do you think that that may have been, as you said, that, you know, the Konami involvement? Um, we all know that the development of every Metal Gear, essentially since Metal Gear One, has been a case of this sort of benign, uh, you know, interplay between Kojima saying no, mm -hmm. and then Konami saying. Um, we understand, but what if we let you do this? And then he says yes. And it was a repetition of that with MGS2, 3, and then 4, uh, and then Peace Walker, and then 5. So it's this, and they had gotten into this sort of dance. You could even use the analogy of like a, a maybe a slightly dysfunctional, yet pretty long-lasting, up until the divorce, obviously, um, like married couple of like, oh, you know, you pissed me off this much, but you've done this one thing for me. Okay, then I'll do this. So I, what I think is, 
he said, okay, the only fucking way that I'm coming back to do MMGS is you let me make commentary on race. You let me do some really, really risky things narratively. Um, I need to do this because I need to expand as an artist. And in fact, I really feel that some of the choices that were made tonally were rebellion on Kojima's part, almost like lashing out. Like we haven't seen anything nearly as gory or as graphic as the intro hospital scene in MGS5 anywhere um, from um, um, Death Stranding because there isn't that sense of him needing to carve his identity out and rebel like actively make like aggressive violent like his violent you know i don't know i don't want to speak for like japanese culture at large but i know that there is this culture of restraint and respect that i'm sure with these outlets that like um creative outlets that some of that stuff whether consciously or not finds its way into the game and i just think so much was like this violence that needed to erupt and i think with the whole needing like to express this and say like no no I'm, i want to put this in i think konami was just like okay well sure make all your violent declarations and like crazy edgy subject matter stuff whatever the one thing we're gonna ask for is you you want to like add uh you know ratings at the end of these missions and add these gamey kind of aspects and he's like fine whatever this is probably going to be my last mgs5 uh, anyway you know what do you think of that i don't think so because because of his interviews and everything he he, he just uh, like i said in the previous episode he pushed for this replay factor and in his opinion this replay factor you know all those mission tasks and all those uh like special you know things you could you can do and going back to the missions and all that uh, so you can maybe get an s ranked or maybe get an b ranked and if you get a b rank then you come back to it that's part of his i think philosophy or or it was for mgs5 and i i would love to i love i would love to agree with you there but i just don't think so. <laughs> it's okay. it's okay. Again, it's all about different readings and interpretations. Yeah, 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 yeah sure, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. I, I don't really think the people at Konami really care about what he put in the game. I mean, they obviously only cared about the money. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I don't think so. It wasn't yeah, Konami. But it was him. The, the argument is that the, that the, this replay factor and all that will gain more money for Konami, right? That's, the, I think, the argument. Because if the game is 200 hours long, then it will sell more. So that's the argument there. But but, but still, I don't think so. I, simply simply from interviews of Kojima. Yeah. What's your what's your take on it, Daniel? Well, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I mean, um, I agree with Albert. There have had to be compromised. Um, compromises uh but um i think rather it, it went this way he was kojima's idea to put these things in so that konami could more easily green light the the project mm. yeah i could see that but yeah go ahead guys yeah Alan, go ahead um okay um i really wish there was a way to make cars and ocelot shut up <laughs> in the game because uh, I, you know, it's very annoying when you're listening to a cassette tape or I don't know, maybe an option to prioritize, you know, cassette sound over other characters talking. It's just really annoying. Um, okay, uh, that's cool. Some the, the next thing is probably oh, oh, the biggest I, I, thing. I want to. I want to. I want to. Comment on take that? this because yep. <laughs> I'm I, think, I, I think I think we had a discussion. 
we we had a discussion about it on the red exactly about this and and I actually tried tried to you know take the tape and go play side missions and yeah it, it just for me for me personally uh, yeah the, 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 there were some interruptions but even without those interruptions it was impossible for me to play because in my opinion stealth is about these tactics stealth is about sound about sound of the soldiers about you know just concentration stealth is about concentration and i simply can't concentrate on stealth and listening to the tapes at the same time so i have no idea how, how did you play side ops and and listen to the tapes so if, if you can go maybe in depth uh, I don't, I don't know. It, it wasn't the problem for me. I mean, I was kind of concentrated on tapes, you know, and just playing it, I guess. But I wasn't really stealthy or anything, you know. Uh, that's that's <laughs> the thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I was actually uh, more, you know, on the action side when I was uh, playing the tapes at the same time. I don't know. It wasn't really, you know, it was... Um, it was the better option. I I don't like sitting on a helicopter, you know, just listening to cassette tapes. It's just boring. No, <laughs> really? I mean, isn't that what everyone loves to do? Just like sit and just literally sit there. I mean, I'll tell you guys right now, uh, the last two times that I had tried to pick up uh, MGS5, I fell asleep. Like I just, I just fell, because I, I, I am, I'm OCD. I, when, when you don't give me linearity and you give me the, the, the sort of broad kind of, uh, you know okay just like go nuts kind of thing of just like approach things as you will i'm that kind of person that again you know just speaking for myself i need to go counterclockwise to, to clockwise like from left to right everything i just want to read everything and it kind of infuriated me quite a bit um again purely from ocd this is doesn't reflect on the, the wider experience of the game but to have to uncheck every like you know thing that appeared of uh like the new weapons you know in the mother base stuff it like there would be that notification setting it's like i i get that enough on my smartphone in real life like i just and i try to go and just de-highlight it because when you obtain new things like even when like for example in dragon age inquisition when i there's a new law note i'll just quickly float to it just so i don't have that notification thing and you can't disable them either so i go in and then i want to obviously hear all the tapes and not miss out on the law and what's kind of annoys me is that the that they seem so well written like these exchanges that they're, they're codex you know they're codec talks and i totally understand like kojima said hey codec talks it's not like snake stays perfectly still when he's doing a codec even though that's kind of the case is like you know this is a device that is in the bones of your ear or in a headset you don't need to be completely still however because like tactically you don't have to in real world you don't have to but for me in minjus 5 like the codec conversations was you're talking be present stay still you know absorb the story which connected me more with with that story so even though it makes sense from a real world point of view of like yeah i'm sure maybe if time was ticking um and i did have a, a hostage to rescue and their like leg was bleeding i wouldn't suddenly sit down for two hours straight and just like stay under like a, a car and just call everyone i know while someone is clearly like like losing blood to their stomach like you know that that makes sense in the real world and i'm like great i'm glad you bring in the real world that way this is also a game where you fulton goats so 
very interesting about you know <laughs> what what <laughs> yeah. what but, but, but Fulton is a real real world mechanic and they, they use it once <laughs> <in> a... <laughs> again listeners we're just like having a bit of fun and just like you know having some discussion again we all love him just vibe but it's just this is the whole point of Phantom Pains again it's just like love it again you just like like you love your family it's like you're able like it's a sign of of security in yourself and in your love for the thing to be able to like either make fun of it or point out its flaws like it's it's shows that it's like oh i'm not just connecting with this as a fanboy it's like i want to analyze and 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 there is so much there as well with uh mgs5 and and kojima's games in general to be able to go through and with a fine tooth comb and just commentate on them and realize what's been done well and what could have done been done better but I just had to jump in and say that is like I fell asleep twice when I tried to listen to these tapes, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Danielle uh, take on tapes. My take on tapes was uh, the music was good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the tapes I'm talking about. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, uh, you know, if you compare it to Kodak talks. I preferred Talk Codex because uh, they felt more like a cutscene, and I love games with cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Codex, you had the black screen; you had to be fully focused on what you were listening to. In the cassette tapes, on the other hand, you could easily not even listen to them or uh, skip them or uh, play them, but doing something else or ignoring what they said. And uh, essentially finishing the game without giving a damn about the story. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what bothers me because uh, I love story games. So, yeah. I didn't think it was a great choice. Yeah, go ahead, Alan. Uh, actually, uh, this is one part where we don't agree on because I don't like Codex. I, I don't like them because. Um, you know, you need to absolutely listen to them at that point, and you cannot replay them. So if you're not really paying attention to them, you, you don't, you can't really listen again. You know, that was I think in MGS one and two. Mm. Yeah, they used. Um, I, I actually, I think from three onwards, the codex were less and less used. You know, for conversations. Uh, there were right? a lot of yeah. optional, optional codex. Yeah, yeah. For example, yeah, but the, they were used more rarely, but you could use them whenever you wanted, basically. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the ones in one and two because they just keep going and going and going for, you know, a lot, a long, long, long time, and I, I just get bored, you know. Like, why can't I listen to this sort of information that's not really related to the plot that much? Maybe later on, on, um. You know how MGS4 had those um, mission briefings that you could play uh, at any time again? Something like that. Like, why can I just pause the game and see, oh, okay, we look, there is a conversation between them. But I could play, you know, when I want, not to uh, go yeah, ahead well, and explain. That, yeah. that's, that's part of my theory for, for that training that I will share with you later. But I, I, I just wanted to, I, I, I tried to replay, tried to replay MGS2 in like a year or so and i gotta say at the beginning beginning there was just so so much codec i i agree with you there but yeah. again uh i simply i simply again would we'll, we'll prefer it and maybe just minimize that some 
then to you know put these tapes that are out of time and yeah that, that, that that's the really important from and like you said you you don't have a problem with, with it but for me uh they're they're they have to be said at that time because otherwise otherwise they just simply don't make sense and that's that's why I like them. I I don't want to I don't want something casual. I, I want I want what's important in that moment. And maybe it's not of utmost importance, but it gives you that those details. It gives you context. It gives you you know lore. I know so. I know I know. Yeah, but I'm I'm mostly talking about the ones you know that aren't necessarily related to story. Just you know when uh, when you meet characters in one and two, for example, I'm actually gonna use Emma for. Uh, okay. They just start talking about some things that yeah, yeah, yeah. are just loosely related like am i going on about computers and digital age and i would e have liked e stuff e to be optional yeah. it's like it's just not a catchy nickname like ee -E, come on <laughs> but this isn't this isn't uh, yeah. sons of liberty pains and gains it's phantom pains and gains <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i know yeah it's cool yeah but i agree i agree okay. yeah um uh, Albert, I have to say, um, I'm gonna have to go in ten minutes or so. Oh, really? If that's okay. a problem. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe you can you can uh, take it over. Uh, yeah, please do. What's your like biggest gripes or biggest positives from the game? Okay. Um, one thing I was disappointed with was the story, not just because of the plot twist that was spoiled before the game came out, but because of how the story was presented. Okay. Um, I didn't like it because you had the trailers that showed a certain way of telling the stories, the story, mm -hmm. and the game was the complete opposite of that. So the trailers were not resemblant to the game, and that's a problem. I mean, yeah. you have a trailer, you're showing what your game is going to be like, and those trailers... Um, kind of anticipated me for a game that never came out. Mm. So that was really disappointing for me. Misleading, okay. But that's the most... Yeah, it was misleading, yeah. Uh, I don't know about um, that. That was the most negative yeah. thing I have to say about the game. Because, um, yeah, that was really yeah disappointing and misleading. <laughs> okay, uh, Alvin, can you go on with your counterpoint? Um, okay, so I I do agree that the trailers are kind of misleading, and I think the music is one part of that, <laughs> especially in the uh, nuclear trailer, I think. Standing you know? on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, um, the, the thing about it, for example, is that I expected that um, scene with, uh, you know, shining lights, even in death, to sort of be at the beginning of the game and um, you know be the starting point of the vengeance yeah, we're gonna get revenge on this guy and it actually ended up being some some i think it's right at the end of chapter two you know it, it, you're right it's it's sort of very different to what um, you probably expected and it's one thing that i didn't like that much is release you know because but that's the thing you know it's not really the story's fault it's more about your expectations you know, it's the same thing that happened with MGS2, where you, oh, I don't like this game because you don't play a Solid Snake. It's not Solid Snake's story, it's Raiden, and he always, you know, whines about stuff. I, I think that's a big problem. And uh, 
uh, Daniel, have you uh, played it again after release? Or? Um, no, I played it once. Uh, I completed it and uh, it stayed on my shelf since then. Okay, I, I uh, honestly have a recommendation for you. Go and play again if you, not now, you know, maybe in a few months. Just play the, the important missions, you know? Don't, don't play side-ups, don't play, you know, the smaller missions. It's just the big main ones. And I think you're going to like it much more this time around because it feels more like a classic MGS story that way. Okay. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Daniel, did you have to dash off? Yeah. Um, yeah, if that's okay with you guys. Um, me, I really have to do some things. And, uh, yeah. So yeah. thank you for having me, no, Albert. Our pleasure, man. Yeah. Uh, 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 as always, it's it's wonderful to have you on the show, and we look forward to having you on the next one, buddy. And uh, and obviously on interact sure. interactive artistry as well, and um, an upcoming show which I'm going to tease. Which actually, why not? Um, Daniela, you have to be on God of War podcast as well. Yeah, sure, I will be there. Definitely. Yeah. All right, you take care now. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. See you, See you guys. Yeah. Thank See you. Man. Bye. Bye now. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay, you, you touched you touched some on this revenge theme, and maybe it's not the exact the exact time to talk about. It, but I I wanted to see your your perspective and Albert's too on it, mm -hmm. because I feel I feel that that's the biggest gripe I have with heavy the game story overall is that I think the game wants you to feel this hate or revenge for Skullface, and. Um. I Actually, think that because let, 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 let me finish. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think so. But also, yeah, I, I can already maybe see your point that it's more about Kaz and you know how you are this medic and you're not really sure what you're doing there, which is uh, I don't know, kind kind of weird weird state to be in. But okay, but I I, I feel like the game is at least trying to potentially make you feel some hatred for Skullface because he, he the game wants you to think that you you were big boss that you are big boss and that you know you you lost your men from peace walker the base you build and all that and the, the thing is that you i mean if you haven't played peace walker okay but even if you did there's again not that emotional relationship not really and that's the thing I had problem with uh, Shining Lights, uh, Shining, what is, what's the name called? Shining Lights, even in that, yeah, the, the, yeah. the mission. I mean, I already stated how I didn't feel for those soldiers because there simply wasn't any character char characterization of any of those soldiers. Yeah. And the same, oh. the same thing was for, for Peace Walker's uh, soldiers. So, you know, they are my men, but I have no real emotional connection with them. And if, even if they die, I don't care. So and and sculpts like take take that from you take take those men from you you know those resources you build and or something like that and yeah I think there's there really needs to be this bond if 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 the game wants to feel something and I think that could be made and this is Albert the point you you made that I I maybe suggest what the game should have done and and I think Alan would agree is that you know you, you you already should have at least built some mother base in in phantom pain hmm. and then and then scalpes attacks you and then scalpes at least takes your you know gmp takes your stuff take your and that 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 way the revenge would feel a lot more personal so yeah go ahead Ali. yeah um uh, i think right after i finished the game 
I was thinking about how much better it would have been if Shining Lights uh, happened right before the skull face, uh, you know, uh, the one where you go to that cave and Eli hijacks it. Yeah, I think it would have, you know, be a little more emotional because I I remember getting to that point and thinking, wow, it's a uh, we're already fighting Skullface, but we barely saw him, and they, yeah, it, it felt too early, you know. Even after playing for forty hours, I think. Um, uh, I don't think the story is that much about revenge, though. It's more like about the emptiness of revenge and how you don't ever get satisfaction from it. And uh, I think, doesn't Kaza pretty much tell you at, after Shining Lights that you never really cared about revenge? I think he does. He calls you and says, I see that now, boss. From the moment you opened your eyes, you saw that you're never going to get uh, you know satisfaction and you didn't seek revenge, I think. But, but, but in, order, yeah. in order to feel that, you know, Emptiness yeah. of, of feeling revenge. You have to first feel a need for revenge, in my opinion. And and maybe yeah. maybe I don't get it. Maybe I maybe there is like this some kind of uh, I don't even know how to describe it, man. But I I, I think yeah the, the game does good with you know when you kill the kill the skull face and that that feel of emptiness. Have you 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 didn't do pretty much anything. I mean the the, the world goes on. Nothing feels fulfilled. And that, that's the good part. But the missing part for me is that I haven't felt a need for revenge at all. And your point is excellent, in my opinion, that if maybe I, I killed those soldiers before, maybe because Skullfish was blamed for it. I mean, he, he did that pretty much. So yeah. if that was, that was happening before, before Skullfish's mission, I think I will have some kind of emotional connection to it, and maybe I would I would feel that revenge. Yeah, mm, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of right. Um, you don't really, you know, feel that need to get revenge on Skullface at the beginning, and that's a problem because, um, in order to feel that emptiness afterwards, you kind of have to, you know, want to get revenge. I, but you, yeah. You know, it's only Kaz. Kaz is only only the one, the only one who feels like he wants revenge. Yeah. Venom is just. Hmm. Okay. Silent. Well, that, All the time. Yeah. That, that's okay. Yeah. Easy. I just wanted to mention, Alan. I think you may have cut off just a moment there. Did you possibly yeah, yeah. press the mute button or anything, or, or did you hear him? Do you... No, I just, I no, just I didn't hear him. said that Venom is silent. Venom says. Okay. Again. Okay. <laughs> okay. It was a joke, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Alan, you you got oh. us both. You can't make jokes like that, man. We're on a we <laughs> we have tech technical issues sometimes when we start stressing. Oh, you had it. You, you pulled the wool over us, buddy. Well done. That was great. Yeah, I like yeah, that. It was a joke about how venom is silent. Oh boy, <laughs> that's great. Hey, hey, Dean, I like this guy. He, you should come back. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's let's hear your take on it, Albert. Uh, my take on the character of Skullface. Uh, oh no, we're all a revenge theme. The revenge theme. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I and I definitely don't want to uh, immediately go along with it, just because it's you know, uh, something that I've started building a narrative about because it's important for me to always 
uh, not just go off of like crazy tangents where I'm just creating and, and fabricating everything that I'm building all my sort of discussion points on and like theory crafting on, um, which is something that sometimes tends to happen. I don't want to call out any particular in com community in particular, um, but I think it's fairly safe to assume even even they would admit that like, say, for example, like Dark Souls, for example, uh, they have this culture sometimes of saying they've realized something and then building on another thing and building on another thing and saying that they've got it all figured out when they don't actually walk that back and think about that first and like the validity of that first conceit. So my conceit that death that um that MemGest5 is a veiled or unconscious uh, expression of pure anger and um resentment and feelings of uh being like contained and dissatisfied and unseen and um uh and and uncated for uh that i that i tend to perceive when i look at the contents and interpret them symbolically again kojima puts himself very much in, in like you know so so thoroughly and so um um so intimately into his titles that i can't but help but have that reading so i'll obviously make space for that and give you a separate reading right after this one but my reading is is the revenge theme is is anger towards is is anger towards konami um whether unconscious or not again he said like many times like oh it definitely wasn't intended or anything and not wanting to comment on it but that's sort of our place really as kind of analysts and then people who just want to kind of create discussion or, or galvanize it and explore it which is super worthwhile unto itself with anything not just games but to sort of um uh, analyze things from from different angles and my take on it is that it felt extreme because he was feeling that extreme as a creator he was feeling these extreme these extremes of um pressure of uh of the impending breakdown because again things like that don't happen overnight it's um it wasn't like something some higher upset there was an a there was a a boiling point that was reached a boiling point that was reached developmentally and thematically with with mgs5 that it's it is the most violent of the games it is the most uh revenge focused and it feels like you know i've had this when i've sort of self-dismissed myself from roles that i've hated is like I, I I make this expression not not directly like I'll I won't like yell in someone's face but I'll make an expression within my work of not wanting to continue that work um, even though I'll do like a really good like I mean I won't sort of name specific departments or, or places but there was a role that I was doing where I hated every day that I went there I I, I may have loved the work specifically you know the work itself was why i went and it was it was you know that's why i loved it but the environment of it the culture of it made me lash out it made me uh phrase myself in emails a certain way a certain may, maybe to be interpreted passive aggressive way uh slightly harder edged and so when i see this uh, manifesting in a game from a creator who we know had had long-standing tensions with this place it feels less like something that it just felt like that was you know like maybe the themes of all the previous metal gears were like premeditated and maybe um mm. came from a place of wanting to explore things from a conscious point of view uh and taking that sort of maybe more studious angle and like research based but this just felt like i'm angry i want to express it and whatever we'll throw a metal gear solid facade over it we'll throw a metal gear solid like coating over it but i'm angry right now and i will find ways to sublimate that i'll find ways to tie that in and and kojima is a, is a master of, of tying in uh 
different settings and themes and tones to be able to fulfill a message. But in this way, in, in, with this title, whereas it was the other way around with the others, where it was more meditated and like planned, with this it was like I'm feeling something, and then the planning came after that. So I think it was all very much built around this, uh, this sort of uh, unconsciously building. Um, uh, anger that 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 Kojima himself felt. Um, again, the reason why he's so pleasant in interviews is because he's found an outlet for it. I'm the reason I'm pleasant is because I've found outlets, uh, including yelling at Daniela who isn't here. I'm kidding. <laughs> for staying psychologically healthy. And so when people say, "Oh, there's no basis to the anger theory," look how calm he is in his interviews. Look how, uh, you know, polite he is. It's like, yeah, that's because he has has found ways to express it. You know, so just thought I. Um, uh, he's yeah. from He's from Japan, of course. He's polite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. all you have to do is look at yeah. Japanese media to see all the crazy. I mean, Junji Ito. He's must. He's a fantastic, very very polite at dinner, but he creates stories about people who have black holes growing out of their eyeballs. You know, like it's you have to find an outlet, and so that's kind of my take on the revenge theme, buddy. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. Sure, I'll take it. Take it wherever you want to. Go for it, buddy. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, another thing that um, I thought was bad in the game is that I'm pretty sure at one point, you know, he knew that he wouldn't be able to include that ending to Eli's storyline. So I'm not sure why they didn't remove it altogether, you know. Just make, uh, I don't know, Eli steal the robot and Snake just fights it like in a Peace Walker, you know, with Puzz. But it was left there, uh, and that really bothers me. I, I don't know why they did this, you know? And it's it's actually the starting point of many discussions um, on cut content, and many people believing that act, that was actually an entire chapter or something like that, you know? You know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad, I don't know. I think Konami just didn't listen... Just uh, do make him uh, alter the content, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Quick little um, noise levels thing, um, Alin. It's just when you're shuffling the paper, it's very loud. Just thought I'd let you know. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, I'm okay. sorry, yeah. <laughs> I love, yeah. I love a cookie kid, like, a thousand books, and, you know, he goes through them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's actually... No, just the pages. <laughs> yeah. He's got, yeah, like, yeah, multiple, yeah. multiple shelves, uh, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, okay. Sure. If you if you want to go more with the negatives or more with the positives, now it's. I, I have like I have like two or three more negatives. Okay. Um, actually, four. Um, one thing is that I feel like the game was held back by last gen consoles. Like the world seems so empty. It it doesn't feel like it has that many enemies. You know. Uh, Mother Base, in particular, I think, was held back by <laughs> the last-gen consoles, and it's those so long. I, I yeah. think that, that was a theory on the internet, or, or even confirmed, that those long, uh, long rows between, between, uh, how do you say, you know, the, the structures, those yeah. longs were actually because of because of uh, consoles, last-gen consoles. Yeah. Because yeah. Couldn't, yeah. Couldn't make Good point. Enough. Enough. Yeah, a bit of me wish uh, this was a next-gen console-only game, but yeah. Sure. Uh, also, um, the soundtrack isn't good when you're sneaking. Like, if you if you listen to the extended soundtrack, pretty much every single one of the amazing songs is taken from the 
cutscenes. The okay. one that, uh, yeah, you know the you know the songs that play during infiltration is just. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, African sounds or something like that. It's mm. just not that great, and I hope um, I hope Death Stranding doesn't have these. And I honestly, I really like the music I heard so far from Death Stranding, That's especially good. in the last trailer. There's that track that plays when the the guy um, gets uh, upside down yeah. and he's stabbing himself. Scary. Yeah, that's totally creepy. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I I maybe just wanted to say uh, I I think I agree to the point, but there there were some missions, main missions that had good, or not not as good as before, but still good sneaking music, and especially if they found found out or 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 you know you know those missions with the, when you have to destroy lots of tanks. I think yeah. music there was pretty good. No, no, I'm I'm just talking about the the sounds where uh, the soundtrack you know, just infiltrating, sneaky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there, there, there were there were uh, some, but yeah, pretty pretty bad overall. The fact the thing that bothers me is that you can't even hear the songs unless you're playing with headphones, because. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I and I just watch I just watch MGS4, uh, you know that act act three like uh, noise noise setting and the music was really loud and it, it was also great but also really loud a lot louder than in phantom pain uh, so yeah. yeah i agree fully hmm. yeah yeah um, and um i uh, think there should have been um more options uh, in you know uh, you're just given okay you either fault on this guy or you shoot him in the head uh, have you guys played the uh, designed or I have, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm talking about when I'm talking to Wind? Uh, you get more options that are related no, no, no. to, like, the world. Uh, something like, for example, I would like to see, uh, you eliminate two guards, and these guards were um, repairing uh, some sort of car. And if you eliminate those guys and uh, your target comes and, you know, uh, gets in the car and drives away, the car would explode or something like that. I would have liked things like this, you know? Okay. It's just sort of oh, you get so many options, but you just you know fault on a guy or kill him. It, yeah. yeah. Headshot. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that definitely. Yeah. Um, I actually had a question for Alin. Um, when you uh, put together this sort of list of uh, things that you um, I'm, and we're going to get around to, I'm, I'm assuming you know some of the things that you did actually like enjoy and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I wanted to ask. Uh, so when you were putting it, when you were sort of writing this list, uh, the 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 idea of um, I guess balancing two things. One is, is this Metal Gear a Metal Gear or and then the other thing is, is this open world an open world? And uh, how much of those kind of crossed over? Because um, another, I'm sure that there are a few listeners saying, well, they're sort of thinking to themselves as they're hearing your comments, like, well, um, yeah, like some of that is just what an open world game is. And you're, and I don't want them sort of put words in their mouth and make them sound accusatory, but what they'd probably say is something like uh, along the lines of like, I'm noticing that you're um, t talking about these things as though they're uh, negatives when in fact they're just a facet of um, like they're, they're, a well, they're well executed for a world, uh, open world game, but within the context of a Metal Gear, they, they don't add to that Metal Gear experience. And I think a lot of people um, who, who gave the game like 10s out of 10s, 9s out of 10s, they say, look, forget about Metal Gear. This is an open world game. Forget, don't, don't even set yourself up for, 
like uh, being fulfilled from any point of view with Metal Gear is like you need to leave all of that behind and not compare it. And and I think what we're doing here is totally valid in talking about because it is like you've put, you know, if you didn't want this uh, sometime occasional criticism or constructive feedback, it it would have been better not to put a Metal Gear on the on the cover because you know that kind of leads to this expectation, which m makes it totally valid for people to then discuss like yourself, uh, Alin, validly, mm. as I'll reemphasize, very validly uh, about its uh, shortcomings and how it doesn't fulfill these definitions yeah. of what a Metal Gear is, has been established to be. But in many ways, it was, I suppose, like an expansion or a, a departure, you know, from what Metal Gear was. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I can see I, I'm, I've seen loads of people, you know, hating on it because it doesn't feel like a Metal Gear game. Uh, saying things like, oh, but it's a great game, but it's not a great Metal Gear game. Yeah. I actually like that. It it felt some somehow fresh, you know? Mm -hmm. I If, uh, for example, it, um, before it was released, I would have seen, you know, just in trailers that it was exactly like Peace Walker or like 4. I, I don't think I would have been just, you know, as interested. But I like that. I like this thing with Kojima where he doesn't keep the series um, in a single way. So, for example, you know, one and two are like uh, sneaking games in a single location, mm -hmm. and then he moves on with forests, uh, you know, sneaking through other kind of environments. I like that he changes games yeah. overall. Yeah, yeah. I and I like that with Phantom Pain, yeah. And, uh, uh, go go. Sorry. No, 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 I'm, I'm finished, yeah. Yeah, this is something we discussed on our last fast episode. And yeah. it's this... Uh, yeah, the, the, I respect that, that he changes, and those are more like core principles, uh, I would say. But uh, in my opinion, and wh why I, and I said this already, uh, why I, you know, h hold such high regard to MGS4 or MGS3 or even even Last of Us is, is, is because they are pushing this. I, I, I think we are, we are at the point in, in this medium, and uh, the point where, you know, we need we need to give give praise to games like those, not like MGS5, simply because I think we have lots of the lots of those, lots of those open wars, lots of you know free free do your thing kind of kind of stuff. I, I think there's there's a lot a lot a lot of those games, and I can name a few. I don't know Watch Dogs, you know all, all those open world like but the titles are. I'm not saying I'm not saying MGS5 is is like them, but it borrows, you know, Far Cry. It borrows from them, and and I, for my in my opinion, I felt a lot. I I didn't feel like it's pressure at all. I didn't feel like it's pressure at all. I mean, mm. it, it reminds me of Far Cry so much. So, uh, I... so yeah, I I, I would just finish yeah. quick. Uh, <laughs> I think I think there's a lot more room in you know. And and this is this is what interactive artistry is about, you know, room in improvement in delivering that story, delivering that characters even through gameplay. I think that's that's the way we we should push for. And again, I'm not saying that we need, don't need to push in gameplay departments and overall just in gameplay. But yeah, that that's kind of my interpretation of that. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah. Uh... I get, I get what you're saying. You know, yeah, it's it is similar to other open world games. But um, I was just talking about it in the context of the series. I um, my favorite games in the series are one, three, and five because they each kind of you know sh 
changed the way the series feels like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I, I don't mean four uh, or two or Peace Walker uh, don't feel don't, are not great games, but they um, they feel too similar. Okay. Like the game, I mean, mm-hmm. two feels like one, and yeah, that's a kind of a story element. But it's too much like one, and I I didn't really like that, you know. Um, four feels like three for the first two acts at least, and that's not. I, I'm not really a fan of semi sequels, you know. I, I really like when um, just the core idea of the series is you know preserved, but the gameplay or something gets uh, you know changed, so it feels fresh. Um, I know, I know. That's just me. I I get what you're saying, and I. Sort of agree yeah, with yeah, it. I, I, agree, yeah. I agree with you also. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, um, so yeah, you can phrase the question to me again if you want, uh, um, Dean. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's just did, did MGS5 feel fresh to you? I, mm. I mean, maybe it's, it's probably individual because of, you know, what games you did you play before. And, but yeah, did, did, did it feel fresh to you? Did it feel fresh to me? Yeah. So, um, this is this is a really really good question because um, again I, I sort of take that that point of view of of looking at the man himself making it you know um, I recognized that Kojima had been self admittedly making MGS one over and over again since MGS one so you can draw, right. <laughs> yeah you, you know I can and 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 what was refreshing to me. It was the way in which he renewed it, not specifically some of the elements themselves in terms of originality. It was, it's a bit of, it's like kind of a, kind of a sort of uh, like, you know, uh, you know, like it's kind of a quite a, quite a specific kind of reading on it. I, I will say, I wasn't going to say just nuance and like toot my own horn that way or anything, but it's just, it's this reading of, of appreciation firstly for that he did it and that he was able to innovate in the way that he did that didn't directly point straight immediately like a highway of accusation from the world towards his um, reliance on what he'd done before because there wasn't a compromise. That's the thing. A bad creator or a um, limited creator would compromise and just fall on what they'd done before. It really felt like he said, no, no, I'm in this situation of having this kind of most like this kind of corporate relationship with Konami, which they do fuel my artistry, but I recognize this and this decision is conscious. It didn't feel like, uh, um, like a, an admission or, or like a, a resignation to like, oh, well, you know, I've made him just one, so I'm just going to make it over and over again with different coatings, you know? Um, yeah, so Dead Cell, obviously uh, an emulation for the, um, you know, the the original like a kind of group of like Psychomantis and Revolver uh, Ocelot and, and, you know, a Decoy Octopus. And, and then you have and just 3 you have the, the Cobra, you know, like the Cobra, is it the Cobra unit, right? Yeah. And, um, and then with five, you have um, this regular kind of element, which again, in familiarity is great, and that's why it was refreshing to see how mature. I think that's I'll, I'll sort of hone in on my responses. Like this is how it was refreshing. Yes, the question my answer to the question is definitely yes, and it was refreshing to see his evolution as a creator of like I am going to go with um, Kiefer Sutherland instead of David Hayter. I'm going to uh, take this 
like build this brand new engine like he literally speaking of refreshing he refreshed everything from from the engine up you know and so my recognition of that is is yeah like that's that's kind of how i would um uh, say that like that, that was my sort of take on it definitely dean okay. yeah, yeah. Take it um okay so uh, i'm gonna try uh, listing some positives now yeah. some of them i think daniel talked about I like the concept of um, freedom of infiltration in this game, you know? Uh, the fact that you're allowed to pretty much do what you want from where you want, you know? Yeah. It's it's really... I like not being restrained to a corridor and being told to go forward and sneak through those exact enemies that never change positions, you know? It felt a little bit fresh for me when it comes to MGS, uh, but... There's room for improvement, you know? I like the idea, I don't really like the execution, and I hope MGS5 was just a prototype for, you know, this kind of open-world gameplay. Mm. And I hope Death Stranding takes it much, much further. Yeah. Okay. I now, think now, we're, right. now we're getting, yeah. getting to do, yeah, a little bit yeah. interesting um, stuff for me. No, let, let, let me... Uh, sure, sure, yeah. Respond yeah. To that. Uh, in my opinion, so... Uh, technology as it is of now, I, I, I really think, and just in terms of, terms of stealth and that this freedom of, of infiltration, I think uh, the best best MGS5, uh, you know, missions and sections for me were you know choke points, like those linear 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 parts, I guess. Mm. And MGS4 and MGS3 were all linear parts and all choke points. So in my opinion. Those generic, uh, not not generic, but you know, like progressive, you know, how they ha how they have shifts. I, I respect I respect the technology behind. I respect the effort behind it. But I think for the overall experience of the first time playing, and this is the most important part for me, is it's it's always better when it's constructed by human, by human, you know, exact exact. Uh, motions of human exact positioning of human i think it's always better in stealth if it's designed by human and 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 again you can add and and i will just um, give an example of you know mgs4 like uh close parts and have the there are a lot of ambushes there and you know they're all specifically designed for that position and and you can always add add some flavor to it so, for example, I, I died at this. I literally died at this the other day. I watched it. There's this sniper on the hill, and you you know you can sneak through through him, you know, mm -hmm. very yeah. close to him. And he and he he just adds dialogue there. Uh, I can smell him. He's 50, 50 miles to the north or something like that. I just died because I was right right you know uh, near him, and he he said 50 meters. And those little details again are not there in Phantom Bane because because of that progressive nature of it, you know, yeah. it's all generated automatically. And I, I just feel experience, linear experience, and experience of those choke points is better than you know this old technology with progressive stuff. And I, I don't know, that, that's my take on it. Yeah, I I don't think it's uh, you know automatically done. I think. You know, Kojima and his team actually programmed them to make these things, you know, <laughs> um, until you, I think I, this happens until you j trigger an alarm or something. And that's when, you know, DA starts thinking for himself, 
Mm. If you if you don't uh, like engage with them, they just do what Kojima told them to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I know, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wasn't talking about you know how that is generated. Those that dialogue, for example, or positioning is is made exactly by Kojima, and yeah. and that's why I respect. Oh, what yeah, is that? Kojima. That's amazing. Just had to yeah. That's very Death yeah, Stranding. Okay. <laughs> so, sounds like yeah, someone's. It, it really sounds like Death Stranding. Jesus Christ. It really sounds yeah, like it's, someone's. Uh, about... Sorry, it's from outside. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> You've got to be careful because some like invisible being might start like pick you up and like you're yeah. flo- floating yeah. upwards. Yeah. And, and talking about Death Stranding, there's uh, the next thing I want to talk about that I really liked in Five, and I'm really glad it's uh, back in. Uh, they're stranding the cutscene direction. Yeah. I really like this so one take cutscenes uh, where Kojima just you know moves around the scene filming. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, I think that's really intriguing too. There's there's a lot of dramatic possibility with that, and I think it's. Did you appreciate that, Dean, from uh, MGS5? The, yeah. uh, the the no cut. Yeah. The cutscenes that are in the game are pretty much perfect, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's know, one thing talk- that. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 please go, please go. Uh, one thing that bothered me, the only thing, and it's gone in from what I've seen in the latest trailer, in, in MGS5, the camera shakes too much at some points, you know? It's like too shaky, too shaky. Uh, in Death Stranding, it, the last trailer it was perfect, like exactly how it wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, too shaky is also bad. You know, you don't you don't want that, definitely. Yeah. I I, li- I like the interview he had with I think game makers where he pretty much told how um, he doesn't and he did this in MGS4 uh, but only a little how he doesn't want you know the camera to transgress to to move uh, outside of the field of, of of protagonist to not to not make this false you know like in movies he, he always does it uh, in movies always does it and suddenly camera moves to the villains and protagonist doesn't know what what they're talking about and it, it just makes this false uh, sense of you know you know what's happening but protagonist doesn't mm. and uh, he said he doesn't want to make that in his games and i think he didn't do it once in mg5 so that's something yeah i i, I appreciate for sure that's cool that's awesome uh dean uh, we're coming up to the uh, two hour and 30 mark um did you want to start uh do you have any sort of remaining kind of segments for that or did you want to uh, kind of continue how do you feel oh i mean i i feel like we, we just scratched the surface here. i know i know that's the point that it really <laughs> yeah. is it really is the point of the ongoing nature of the series you know definitely um yeah. for sure so, so uh, come along come along can you can you do it more? How long? Months? Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Let's go another 2030. How's that? Yeah, for sure. Easy. I'll you can. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so 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 the last point you you make was was the cutscenes. I just wanted to maybe uh, gather around and and I, I don't think uh, you understood correctly what I wanted to say. So MGS4, like that dialogue, I know it was handmade, and my argument is that those kind of handmade stuff is always going to be better than you know those shifts and open space that that is uh, made in in you know also with a lot of effort but still the experience the experience will be better if those choke points are really tight that that's my opinion on it can you have yeah. can you maybe share your opinion on on that oh uh, i i think i actually agree you know it was um i just really liked how how um 
little hand holding that was an MGS5. Like it really felt like if you wanted to do something, you could really do it, you know? You weren't forced to go that way. It was uh, something new for this series, you know? And I, like I said, um, I don't think it was perfect. And I would like either to, for it to be something like what you said, you know, like handcrafted, very well made, you know, uh, or uh, to improve on what MGS5 did because it, it wasn't perfect, you know, like mm. there was a room for improvement. Yeah. Okay, sure. And and, and yeah, I could see maybe upgraded, upgraded version of MGS5 with those handcrafted um, stuff included. So yeah, maybe... Sure. You know, it's it's all wide wider, but uh, you know the, the the main thing happens at the choke point, and otherwise you have freedom. So yeah, I I, I could agree with that. Yeah, Albert, yeah. you have something on this? Hmm. Choke points to kind of create narrative. You mean, and like, is that kind of the main? Not just narrative. Not just narrative. Uh, just uh, you know, diversity in gameplay, even or or in. NPCs that do stupid shit that it's that it's different, so it gives this sense of variety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think in terms of positives, yeah. Um, you know, there was certainly something that was like seized upon with with uh, MGS5 that did kind of tap into what I feel is one of uh, Kojima's strengths, which is how can I use this setting to express as many ideas as possible? You know, and there definitely was that. Like one of the things that I found really really great and, and authentic it didn't feel like a laborious to me at all was the aspect of translation like you needed to find um if you found a character who didn't speak the language you needed to find someone who translated for them you know uh yeah. which i found that really really great and so um i actually had very little to no uh issues at all with with sort of um, like bottlenecking or, or or anything like that um uh you know needing to kind of yeah narrow your path because of this you know, conditional aspect. In fact, it actually reminded me a lot of um, the earlier games. You know, that's kind of, I, I would say that that's a hallmark of earlier MGS is like, you have to do this before this and then make sure you get this from there. So not in a fetch questy kind of way, just in a way that made narrative sense because the, the term kind of fetch quest kind of comes to me when I feel like, like it, it is just sort of padding, you know, and that sort of stuff didn't feel like padding to me personally. Um, Dean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, well, say the engine was amazing, and I'm sad it's not being used for Death Stranding, but you know, this one is good too. Um, okay, okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the engine. Uh, do you feel? I mean, this is one one problem I have with it. Only one problem, pretty much. That's the only one. Uh, yeah. You know, the feel of impact of soldiers when you shoot them. I think it was much better in MGS4, and I I, I, just, I simply remember, you know, when, when you sh shoot someone in the head in MGS4, you have this such a good feeling. He, he just falls flat down, and yeah. in MGS5 it felt, yeah, it felt maybe a bit not, yeah, not uh, as varied, and yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem I actually um, saw much more in uh, the Survive trailers, is this is a much more action-focused game than The Phantom Pain, mm -hmm. and I it just doesn't look satisfying to play. Yeah. I, I don't think I want to play that that much, you know? It's, uh, yeah. No, uh, yeah, 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 you're right about that. Yeah, just... Uh, okay, cool. Cool. Okay. Nice. Um, I actually wanted to uh, suggest something, if it's okay, uh, Dean. 
Yeah, sure. So, um, horse riding. I just want to bring that up. Did you feel like it was it was additive to the to the gameplay experience? Um, my uh, example for this is when you look at like the mechanic of uh, again and I really you know when we enter the discussion of how much from the real world Kojima deliberately uh, includes uh, to evoke it versus uh, the sort of fantastical and not not really like believable in the real world kind of elements you know um, I found this very interesting because that why like there's these kind of in some ways opposite endeavors that pull away from each other and, and kind of break each other because if you are going fantastical then real world stuff can restrain that and if on the other sense if you're trying to go real then these fantastical things just kind of break that immersion for me horses was like i never i almost never used them uh it was almost the same as breath of the wild i just i just run because it's just uh, it was it was some it was a case of like that's really great aesthetically um also it was hiding on the side of the horse what guard would be fooled by that really like it's a fully saddled horse and you're just gonna let it like run past you know <laughs> yeah, i always found that yeah. a bit interesting so did, well, i just want to do a <laughs> mini round table on um on yeah traversal so what was your thoughts um alin on traversal in mgs5 well, um, I used the horse only in the early parts of the game before I got that upgrade for the arm, you know, that makes you run faster. Of course. And after I got that, I just never used it again because it's not it's not that useful, you know? You yeah. Know? And um, I don't like how the cars handle. I don't know. It's it's just weird, you know? I, I like to just run, like you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for me, I, I hate running. I hate the sound. I know it's realistic, like when you run, you would hear that. Yeah, but it's so fucking loud, and <laughs> I hear that sound. And yeah. uh, about horse, first time I played it, yeah, I didn't use it after I get B Dog, and I didn't use it at all. But actually, when I played it, because I, I played it three times, and other times, you know, Sakhalanthropus fight, for example, or fight with uh, any vehicles. It gets so much more epic with horse. I, I cannot describe how much epic it, those become for me. Mm. Because you simply had, yeah. you know, you, you had this fast reversal, but you had also, you, you could also have a bazooka in your hands and you could also get stealth. Uh, seriously, the horse, the horse, I, I used it a lot more in uh, second and third playthrough. And uh, yeah, I, I love the horse actually. I, I really love yeah, it. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Again, they they really nailed the design and everything. It's just I just didn't find myself using it that frequently. But um, but yeah, that's yeah. totally valid. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hated the running, but love the horse. Yeah, you're right about the running, and it's even worse when you uh, there's a I think I don't know how many voice uh, actors did they hire for the females, because they they all sound the same, and when you run with them and you stop, they do stuff like. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, asthma or or are fucking each other. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I just I couldn't play with the female. You know, it just sounds so weird and annoying. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Again, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Dean. I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay, uh, I just have two quick points here, and they're both I think closely related. The, the one is about, you know, how this open structure and because of it, the sound is kind of messed up. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, Albert or Ellen. Oh, yeah. But no. the sound, yeah, the sound, 
it it doesn't give you always you know the sense where where the NPCs are. It, it it tends to be really I don't know fooling like like it's trying trying to fool you. I don't know even how to describe it. And the other yeah. one is yeah. yeah. Can you can you can you ex expand on that? Because I, I don't know how to describe it truly. Hmm. Um, I think you're talking about the way the um. Okay, uh, it kind of feels like Red Dead Redemption, where the music, you know, kind of changes based on your situation. And like when you get spotted, the music changes. Uh, but because of that, you never really um, hear most of the songs or stuff. And and sometimes I don't know why, but the alert music played when I was just uh, sneaking. No one saw me. You know, I I know what you. Uh, I know what you mean. It's it's really weird, and because of the yeah. open world, yeah. But it's also the positioning. I, I I can't remember exactly where this happened, but like when you when you're in the building, the sound doesn't progress naturally. I think it it's some sometimes it feels like something is a lot closer than it actually is. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Those are really important, you know, for for a stealth stealth mm. game. And the other thing is, you know, how, how it was made this open and for open design. Uh, the camera for me is too close to, to Snake, even even in open design. And uh, don't get me started when, when you entered any kind of building. The camera is just way, way too close and it's hard to hard to see anything, hard to see behind the walls, hard to see pretty much anything. And it was so hard to, to, to you know, traverse stealthily those parts. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, it wasn't a problem for me because I, I, don't, I moved the camera, camera a lot, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, 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 it is. You, you can change the camera, right? I, no. I don't think so. You can, you can, you can change the foe, uh, at least not on PC. I mean, you can with mods, but yeah. The, mm. One thing I want to mention here is maybe that uh, I removed the markers. So when you have the markers, then I think it's a lot easier to, you know. Because in the buildings, if you have D-Dog, you see them through walls. But when you don't see them through walls, and you try to, you know, really tactically go through them, it's really, mm -hmm. really hard. Because it, and especially when you crouch. When you crouch, the camera goes, like, in your butt. I don't know why, but it, it's it's so close that you can't see shit. It, <laughs> and that's, yeah, yeah, that's really all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get I get what you mean, yeah. It's true. Um, I actually played most of the game without markings and stuff. I hated them. And it made the game feel more like something like Snake Eater, open world. Um, but yeah, and uh, I'm really glad they allow you to turn off the camera shake when running, because that gave me headaches. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I had to turn the shake off as well, definitely. You can tweak. That's, that is actually nice. You know, I say sometimes, you know, there's not the option of turning certain things off like the notifications, but there were a few things implemented that I was like, that's a really good courtesy, and I appreciate that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they, they actually allow you to, you know, like uh, tell uh, Adrid to shut the fuck up. And that, <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that, and it, it's terrible for me. For me, that those sound designs, have, it always talks. It always talks. It's, it's like another Ocelot, Jesus Christ. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, go. go. Alan? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have... Oh, uh, I like the voice acting. It was okay. really good, yeah. especially in tapes. Yeah. That's right.
Uh, actually, uh, uh, you know how you said earlier that uh, you didn't really care about shining lights because you didn't care about the soldiers. But for me, that scene with Snake, you know, standing at the edge of the crater, <laughs> uh, actually was um, made me emotional because Kiefer had really good delivery, you know, like really good. And you you can hear the emotion in his voice when he says uh, the few lines he had, and yeah, that. That's really good. I, I, I don't think I could uh, uh, imagine a MGS5 with David Hayter in it. No. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It, it wouldn't have fit. And I won't turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm a bit yeah. sad that I, apparently like relations aren't really the best um, left off from the, you know, the split with um with um, David Hayter. I don't think it's the most, am it was the most amicable thing, which sucks because I have such a fondness for like that that dynamic of you know like yeah remembering those earlier games and how david would talk so like happily about being part of it and 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 being such a core aspect you know um and i you know i i, I often take these asides to say that like the earlier games were corny but at the same time there was there were times when they were utterly enrapturing and like super dramatic as well and and david hater by no means is like entirely corny or anything like he really knew how to bring it in in some of those more intense moments um and made me at least at the age that i was at then uh, really key into that and and, and yeah. just just be like key in, I say key into it but I mean you know uh, not able to sort of unstick my eyes from the screen you know like and, and just like white knuckle kind of moments you know so um, yeah. and then from that point of view I'll, I'll, I'll say this you know they did hire Kiefer but they didn't use him frankly uh, they used him sparingly rather so I don't know again if there was like a oh, internal um, choice um, but yeah, go ahead. Um, the thing is, they, uh, they didn't hire him just for voice, you know. They actually recorded his face, so Snake's yeah. facial animations, you know, actually give us. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. That was nice, yeah. But yeah, again, exactly. Um, so everything's good, definitely. Yeah. The, the thing is, I, I never liked um, David Hayter as Big Boss. He, as much as I like him as Solid Snake, like his, for me, he's always going to be Solid Snake, but... He didn't like quite. He didn't sound quite right as Big Boss. I don't know why. Never liked him. Okay. You know? That's cool. Yeah, especially in Peace Walker. Oh my god. That's right. So like he had throat cancer in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, Peace Walker was a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I maybe wanted to. Okay, we have like maybe ten more minutes. I just wanted to maybe wage those, you know, how 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 you you compared. You said few negatives, few positives, and in my opinion, those negatives you say you said were a lot more important for me than those positives you you did. So I just wanted to, you know, like wage those. You obviously you obviously see objective flaws of the game, and you see objective objective, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, in the end, it's, it's just about what you like more and uh, what matters yeah. to you more. Because, for example, uh, some people care about frame rate, others not so much, so they're not, you know, bothered by it. I just, I don't know, I liked it. I liked uh, the things it did well, like the concept, this concept of freedom. I liked the soundtrack that was used in cutscenes, the cutscenes. I loved uh, the engine, you know. It was just an overall very pleasant experience, and I honestly played it for, I don't know, I think 300 hours or something. And I don't really imagine myself playing any of the other MGS games that much. You know, even though I love them. I love all of them. Uh, but yeah, I don't. It, it just, it, it, 
because every game is, you know, a little bit different than the others, you can't really have an objective best game. So yeah, yeah I agree. You know, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but some I, people. So, yeah. so you played three hundred hours, and th- those are like from one playthrough, or did you, you know, repeat the playthrough? Uh, no, I just, you know, overall, I think I replayed uh, some missions and all that. Uh, but for you, didn't, you didn't start from the start. Not, not one oh, no, 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 just, you know, replaying, replaying. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Go. No, go, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's really, I think, yeah, the, the, the main difference here is uh, this, you know, what is a game and uh, uh, it's hard to explain but yeah, yeah, yeah for, for example I, I when I played it I, I, ne- I needed to go from the start I needed to erase my save and go from the start because yeah I, I just wanted to ask you would, would you both agree that you know that uh, Phantom Pain so gives too much or not too much but uh, a lot more emphasis on gameplay than on their own story. Absolutely. Uh, uh, in comparison uh, yeah. with MGS4 yeah. or 3. Yeah. Actually, my my ideal, the thing is, I think you love MGS4, right? You love it. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I love everything. And I love Phantom Pain. But honestly, my ideal, you know, um, sort of um, how much story should be in this game, how much gameplay, is something like MGS3. Like, I felt like I was equally watching cutscenes and playing the game. And four was, you know, too much, too much watching without playing the game. And that, that's what bothered me, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I can see that for sure. Uh, I, I just wanted to mention this one mechanic, you know, that that is a problem in every MGS game, and I, I would say especially in five because of that emphasis on gameplay, and that is fucking Trank one, Trank gun. Which yeah. makes the game way too easy, and uh, I know I know that you know soldiers are equipped with uh, with fucking you know. Oh my god! I, I Albert, help me! Please help! Yeah. Fuck my English! Help <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, you're on your own. <laughs> now nah, you're fine. Come man. on, with those caps, with those caps, you know, you can shoot them in the head. But you yeah. you also have you know those missions that you can then uh, remove those those uh, helmets. So I think I think you re- that really you you know the game encourages you to full on everyone, and uh, Trank gun is uh, pretty much full toning full toning gun, and you you simply can can go through through gameplay like this. You 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 simply go, and I saw Young play like this, and it's just disgusting for me. So she, he just comes to you know the outpost or the, the bigger base, and starts to fucking. Uh, Shoot everyone with with strength gun. I mean, wh- where's the fun in that? Where's the and 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 the problem is that that is you know something the game lets you do it, and when the game is is overly gameplay, when pri- prioritizes the gameplay, that's a real problem uh, for yeah. me. So yeah, can you maybe yeah. go over that a bit? Uh, I, I I I guess uh, this happens especially early in the game, you know, when you you have to build mother base. But you know, the more you play, you get most of the soldiers through, you know, volunteers. I think. Yeah. yeah okay. So can you can you uh, 
yeah, I agree that it's more, it's more, it's more, you know, important at the start. But when you look at those, you know, for, for those uh, weapons that are really like far and really, really good weapons, I mean, that there, there's just a lot of requirements. You have to be like level, I don't know, 100, or you, you probably yeah. know better than I do. And the game really encourages you to either, you know, full on the shit out of everyone or play online, play FOB, which I don't have any interest into it. Yeah, yeah but... you know. That, that's a problem. I think it uh, the game carried over from Peace Walker. No, it was the same. I think, yeah. I don't. Know. It, some people just don't care about Mother Base. You know, you can get through the game just killing everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you can say that about yeah. things yeah, like yeah. a game, like a game like uh, Bloodborne, for example. Like some people, they just, it, you know, it can it can reward that pick up and play uh, dynamic if you don't want to participate in the whole. Uh, mother base thing which is fine enough it, it's just that sometimes you know for something that is supposedly is something you don't have to do there's just constant reminders that that's the case but that's from a plot point of view because mother base does feature in the plot so you can't sidestep it completely you know so yeah yeah just thought yeah. i'd mention that yeah <laughs> okay I mean, yeah, I I like the conversation. Conversation. So. Me too. This was fantastic. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Jumpteen. I mean, the, the, there's a lot of room for more discussion. But Absolutely. Yeah, we, we can we can do it again if if you're up for Italian for sure. Sure. Uh, I'd like to talk about the rest of the games maybe sometime. No, not now. Yeah. Kind of tired, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys tuckered yourselves out, but I, I really appreciate it because, again, it's such an important part of uh, this this particular kind of uh, yeah this particular kind of um, collection of games, you know, and titles with uh, you know Kojima making so many different uh, versions of the same game, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is great, and and yeah, Death Stranding definitely represents. Uh, I mean, just by definition, and and from every everything we're seeing, a departure from that, which is in and of itself one of the most exciting reasons to report and discuss on this every week. But uh, this is like cleaning up. I, I I think of this as a messy room was left behind, and you, me, and Aline and other guests, you know, are just cleaning up that room and then preparing for Death Stranding to move into that room. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Is that a pretty cool analogy? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, I always, when I talk about this stuff, I always, I always, you know, imagine, and I said this already, I think, that, you know, Kojima will listen to this and he will see my points. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just crazy, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> he doesn't even know English, but... <laughs> You're fine. No. He's, he's probably listening right now, you know. Right now. I'm sure it'll it'll trickle, hopefully. I mean, my hope is that it'll uh, reach uh, even further sort of spheres of, of like audiences and you know um but yeah if you are listening kojima it again all of this comes from love it all comes from love absolutely yeah absolutely totally. well uh dean if you're happy for me to kind of wrap up the show i'm happy to do that if, if you're good if that's all right yeah Let's go. Terrific. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, let's segue out of this segment. And um, thank you so much, listeners. And uh, do tune in to the next part or chapter, whatever I'm calling them, uh, of uh, Phantom Pains and Gains, which will be in two weeks' time. So we're going to go um, every other week with this. So the next episode will be um, uh, Threading the Strands, so analyzing minute two of the third trailer. So just to kind of 
make this um, path towards E3 as sort of um, dynamic and, and varied as, as possible for ourselves and our listeners. So thanks so much for listening and onwards into back into the episode. Show's over. Get out of here. Fantastic. Awesome. I am going to have such fun editing this. So many bloopers. <laughs> so such fun. <laughs> really, really cool. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So I'm I'm ha- I'm happy for that to kind of wrap up the episode as well if that's okay, guys. Yeah, yeah, we can leave sure. that to Terrific. For, for awesome. Easy peasy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. Sweet. So I'll just sort of um, uh, sort of proceed with our regular wrap up. So essentially, um, listeners, DSP or Death Stranding Podcast is part of Interactive Artistry Podcast Network. Um, we have iTunes, we have Podbean, uh, we have Twitter, Instagram, Death Stranding Podcast at tumblr.tumblr.com uh, tumblr. and um, Facebook. You can also find us under Interactive Artistry. And yeah, uh, on YouTube, we're also known as Interactive Artistry as well. So Again, very easy to sort of find these things. You just Google them. and don't have to spell out the exact URLs. So yeah, please do follow our outlets for Kojima and Kojima-affiliated content and updates. Um, yeah, as a closing note to our listeners, we here at Interactive Artistry are always looking to improve the quality of the show and tailor it to you, the audience, to make it the very best Death Stranding slash Kojima show it can be. Um, if you wanted to contact us, it's um, deathstrandingpodcast at gmail.com and interactiveartistry at gmail.com as well. So um, if you want to help us grow and uh, support us, we would very much appreciate it. Um, now I'm just going to take a moment here with, with this uh, um, subject of, of supporting us with like the $1 um, per month. Um, I wanted to just uh, express something that occurred to me as I was just sort of going about daily errands and stuff. When I think of something that I love, and and that I and like or someone that I love and and like a loved one or, or I I have in my kind of that I kind of keep inside myself and like inside my heart this sort of acknowledgement of them and and this awareness that they are in my life and that they enhance my life for being there and I kind of liken that to having just something uh like a little space for them there it's just i don't think about it all the time i don't sort of spend every waking moment but i know that it's there if i looked and i think i think of a one dollar um per month uh contribution and like uh you know patronage i i would think of that as the same way it's like at one point i just forget that it's even going out there just like how i mean i won't say outright forget but i i i just don't have it in my conscious mind at all times but if immediately if you were to ask oh like uh or if if you were to cross my mind i would immediately know where to look and and for me that would be like in my heart and like it would just sort of resonate with uh you know it would it would just re- resonate with 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 how like the like the, the people in in my life that i love the things the the movies tv shows everything when i think of that it's just i can point to that and if you felt uh that that would be a way for you to kind of reflect that with us that if we feature in your life in in a similar way that um ha- that creates that kind of um feeling of, of kinship and that bond um to what we do we i would i would love for that to be reflected in in a, in a dollar per month um patronage it would allow us to develop the show even further allow us to have better and more improved equipment and um that would be something that i would personally see as a gesture not just as a supporter of ourselves but uh, it would be funneled directly into this medium um, and what we do is essentially boost and showcase this medium so it would we're just a tunnel essentially straight towards um, creating a higher and more multi-dimensional profile for this medium that you'd be directly contributing to so in this time of this medium you know essentially growing 
more multifaceted uh, with every passing week and with every new project we're seeing this amazing growth and um, you'd be a part of that as well so uh, yeah I just wanted to extend that um, to all of our listeners here and uh, with that and yeah and thank you thank you so much for for um, for uh, you know ha- having that space and and um, for you know me being able to express that i really appreciate that um and also to you guys for, for letting me sort of take that aside because i know we're sort of wrapping up we're coming up to the three hour mark so um both to an, all, all listeners who are still listening and um, and to my co-hosts uh, alin and dean thank you to everyone so much for participating in this show um i really really appreciate it you know yeah absolutely Terrific. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So um, if you have any yeah feedback you'd like to share, as I mentioned, those two uh, email addresses. And yeah, we'll catch up with you next week, listeners. And take care, everyone. And remember, the game has already begun. Today, I am joined by my co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves, starting with our brand new co-host for this minute. Oh, sorry. My bad. I fucked up. Oh, I'm so sorry, because we're not doing minutes. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Okay, shut up, everyone. Okay. I'm going to do this again. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah. Also, if I remember to put this in, in bleep bloopers, and this isn't, it doesn't sound like you, Dean, I promise, but in certain, sorry, um, uh, Daniele, but in certain places you have seen have you seen i sent it to you the john tron video um of uh of vr like his his latest video have you seen that uh, i don't think so okay so you I, again a thousand percent i don't want to lose you as a friend like you don't sound like this guy but when maybe you like lower your tone a bit and you speak in a slower voice you sound <laughs> so much like that 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 like like self slave that piglet who jumped off <laughs> Can you touch my ears with your dirty hands, please? Yes, those hands, no, don't be shy, yes, put your hands up my ears, yes, yes, little boy, just do just that, yes, thank you. <laughs> it's like, come here, boy, with your dirty hands, yes, yes, touch, touch my ears with your dirty hands. Do you want to kill yourself with me? Come here, little boy. No, I know a place we can go and kill ourselves. It's over there, about 251 meters away from our destination. You just go to the ledge like this and you just concentrate your mind of dying and then you just kill yourself. Do you want to kill yourself? Let's kill ourselves <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment it's just somehow great. but you need to just like use that in your life like I'm so jealous like you get to have that like again it doesn't sound like your normal voice but if you do like dial it down and you're like yes yes use your dirty hands yes we come over here 
you know, and just concentrate your mind on dying. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I wanted to also say that, uh, I, I mean, sorry for this, you maybe sound even rude, but no. Aline, I don't, I, I remember only one discussion we had, because I, I had really, really lots of them. So so you, you're just one of many, which... Yeah, which the, the I thing is, um, uh, I think I already told you this on, uh, on Reddit, yeah, but... Yeah. Um, on the MGS subreddit, I got banned multiple times oh. because I was arguing with you and like insulting you. I think. Please don't take it personally. I'm just yeah, when yeah. I'm arguing with someone on the internet, I tend yeah. to insult them, but I I don't really mean it, you know. And I like. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool to clear uh, the air, you know. And I'm I'm really glad, like yeah. you know, with the so, and I'm guilty of this too. It's like you just sort of because of that anonymity that you just sort of have a a few less of this normal kind of um, social niceties and it's, you know, as long as it's uh, nothing too extreme and it sounds like, again, and that's something I picked up and going back into serious mode now, like it's something I picked up straight away. It's like, even if there's differing opinions here and that's what's so important because in many ways Kojima is divisive and, and you and Dean's, um, uh, I won't even say conflicting, but just like contrasting viewpoints is representative of something that is extremely relevant to this discussion because as I said, we're not a fanboy like show. We we value all thoughts and interpretations and that goes into and, and this this sort of segment and this sort of ongoing series is, is part of that. And it's very important um to, to stay critical and to not go into idolatry and um overt praise or even overt criticism. It's important to sort of have a well rounded um sort of psyche about like life itself, not just games and stuff. So um I really appreciate uh, this is sort of being because I, I I know Dean you put it in the comments is like oh you'll have to moderate the shit out of us I don't have to like you guys are so, totally being awesome and civil and, I, I was joking yeah I know I know and I just just want to express that like wait, before you even get started like I'm super appreciative that you know I, I I'm not sure how old uh, you are uh, Dean or if you want to reveal that but just especially for someone of um Owen's age to be this sort of uh self self mindful and able to kind of gauge and and um uh you know. Like yeah, just speak in this in this kind of uh, well-mannered way and 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 make his points cogently and uh, and, and intelligently. Um, it's really it's a really good thing. So um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the thing is, is you know, it's kind of different. Um, it's one thing to talk in a comment section, you know, where and it's another thing entirely to you know actually speak to people. I just don't don't feel comfortable, you know, insulting people like this. Yeah, it's uh, of course. Yeah. And that, that's partly why I wanted to do do it live like this. And in a couple of discussions I had on Reddit, uh, I always asked them or or told them how good this will be if if we could talk in real life. You know, yeah. we, we could maybe made some agreement and you know really have constructive constructive discussion. Yeah. 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 That's right. And so I, I just... no, absolutely, totally agreed. So speaking of which, um. We'll, um, I'll roll into sort of just the, we've kind of had a sort of, again, as I mentioned, you know, it's totally as, as I wanted it to sort of pan out and, and, and as, and as people definitely have that allowance to be able to do at any point in the show, we have this loose structured approach to, to our segments. Um, so again, I don't, I'm not like a dictator about these sort of things. We don't, uh, segment our videos and release them separately. So we don't have to stress too much about, um, timestamps and stuff and kind of going over and keeps it more natural that way but i will say for our new listeners um that we uh this is the sort of rough structure of the show we kind of have however however long the sort of intro sequence section goes with catching up and going on tangents and as you've just sort of seen um then what we do is we have um 
you know what we what I like to do at least. Oh, actually, I hear a bit of a sound. Is someone like jumping up and down? Yeah, yeah. Can you mute, mute your mic, Aline? Uh, it was already mute. No. Wow, this mystery sounds. I'm oh. so intrigued. It's like, it's seriously like the the other world. This is this is Young Year. It's Young Year's theories coming true. It's like the. Yeah. Oh, I think it's it comes when from you. Look into it. <laughs> Kept you waiting, huh? She <laughs> <You> survived. <laughs> you need to check the back of the CD case. <laughs> um, Second floor basement. <laughs> Metal Gear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> you just, I, I'll, yeah. Also, fucking, I don't know if there's even a slight chance of. Uh, actually, fucking, of course, everyone's listening to the show. People are listening to this show in the streets, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, Aaron from, uh, you know, Eagle Raptor and, like, uh, you know, Games Grumps, I fucking dig them all the way through. Those damn Metal Gear awesome, you know, like animations. What a fucking G. What a G. I really appreciate that guy. Have to say it. Have to say it. For the first time in my 28 years of living, I have never been this thrilled for a game. Sure, I was really excited about some games growing up, but I never felt the same attachment as I do for Death Stranding. Oh, this looks like someone's playing marbles. Okay, so I'm, for whatever reason, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to mute <laughs> because this, like, we just have to figure out where that... Okay, now it's gone. Yeah, this... Yeah. Okay. I think it's uh, Alan's because uh, on on. No, that, that was that was definitely me. Yeah, I uh, plugged my phone into ah. the charger. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, that's alright. That, it yeah. wasn't that. It was more that. No, no, of, um, the thumbing, the, the thumbing. Yeah. Seriously, someone's strangling, or, or maybe two people having a good time. Who knows? Um. Anyway, I'll read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I'm just saying. It just sounds like that. Um. Dun 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 dun. Right. Let's keep this civil. Oh my god, the bloopers are going to be fucking insane with this one. I'm trying to... There it is again. Oh my god. Look, you know, if... Yeah, if... the only... Okay, I, I'm, I'm actually hearing that too, so I don't think it's for me. <laughs> Look, if the mood it's takes you... It's either Alina or Albert, because you're the only one flashing. All right, on literally, I'm just going to go mute right now. Okay, and now I'm back. Okay, now it's gone. We're back. Welcome back. <laughs> All right, whatever. We just have to crack on. Honestly, we'll be here forever while these people are having sex. Um, <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have never, like, literally, if the mood, I'm not gonna get the way of in young uh, and get in the way of like young or even old. Maybe there is like super old people having sex. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Okay. I have never been this excited for a game before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh... intellectual, emotional intelligence. We really want to stay on target always. We try to keep the tone of this show as mature as possible. Absolutely, right? We're really getting to the core of the human experience here, you know? Uh, as mature as possible, yeah, we tried. And there'd be no human experience at all if it weren't for people, you know, bumping uglies. I have never been this excited for a game before. I know that there were some cutscenes that you otherwise. Here we go. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I know. know. This is going to be. 
this is going to be a lot of fun editing this because uh, yeah i'm gonna have a lot of fun just like showing all this at the end because it really sounds like like elin is being regularly abducted by uh gigantic colossal creatures and i'm worried for him because yeah. you know you, you got, i'm glad you're indoors at least so that you can't float all the way up to the surface like i'm just because yeah. i just i picked you, I picked you on the on the roof right now elin is like actually like podcasting from the roof yeah. From, from, yeah. from the ceiling. So, so I'm fine. I'm fine, honestly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I'm all. I'm all bothered by creatures, you know, coming from the floor and dragging me <laughs> around the house. You should be. You're a great. You're a worthwhile human being, man. You should. You should be concerned. No, we don't. That. We don't want that to happen to you, man. But yeah, go ahead, dude. Oh no, it, it's it's uh, it's because of you, I think, Albert. You oh, really? Have oh. Some well, I am yeah. sorry. Sorry for being in Australia, guys. Sorry. Gosh, I mean, I maybe I'll, I'll I'll start recording from a little boat, and every time I record, I'll try and like get my boat a little bit closer to Croatia and Romania. How's that? It's <laughs> no, it's fun. I'm kidding. It's all good. Amazing! Yay! And now the old people can keep having sex that they want. They can have all the sex they want now. Yeah. Next door, or wherever that was happening. That was simultaneously one of my favorite and yet quite surreal episodes because of that creepy ringtone. It was just so crazy. <laughs> I think it came from a car or something outside. It may like, have been. It may have been. It's yeah. really funny. Yeah, very, <laughs> yeah, very frightening vehicles in Romania, um, buddy. <laughs> They're like nice. Yeah, they actually they were paid by Kojima, you know, to promote right. the game. <laughs> They're like okay. they, they are car shaped like the baby pods. Exactly. Yeah, there's just babies. This just oh, in Romania, it's just infants driving. You're not actually allowed to drive if you're an adult. <laughs> only only infants are allowed to drive. And uh, yeah. pushing the marketing, man. He's pushing the marketing. He's pushing that marketing, and I guarantee it's because like uh, it's like like unconscious thought wave marketing where like because he started talking about kojima about like oh well you know there are certain aspects that i don't connect with and then immediately the marketing starts heading straight towards alin like it just sort of hones in on him and it's like literally like uh, creatures from another dimension My yeah, man. yeah i guess kojima is watching me you know he is maybe he's on, he's on to you <laughs> but, i'm sure he's yeah. listening <laughs> <laughs> that's right no for sure guys i had yeah. such a great time let's let's uh yeah i'm really looking forward to the, doing this again uh in two weeks time yeah. uh yeah uh, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day yeah. same yeah. to you same to you thank, thank you, thank you, you. It was nice to meet you Alan. yeah nice to meet you too Alan. Yeah. be well Thanks. take it easy bye guys see you bye, bye, bye. Yeah, guys bye see ya. yeah bye <laughs>